After Dark podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Welcome to Disney Parks and Beyond, a Disney podcast about theme parks and all things Disney from the After Dark Podcast Network. Good evening and welcome to the last August edition of Disney Parks and Beyond. The pub is absolutely rammed, so let's go and see who we've got. We have got uh, P-Dubs for Washington. Hello. Hello, sir. Uh, we have got Mr. D. Happy Halloween. And it, and it must be because the boo-bashes have started. Possibly. Possibly. For some reason, Alexa decided that was when she was going to start listening to the conversation. So that's that's scary. Uh, we have got Ryan. John, still not open. <laughs> still not open. Uh, we have got the very talented, um, and, and like the rarest of Pokemon, he appears from nowhere. We've got the talented Mr. Ripley. Good evening. And we are also joined by... Craig, this it's a sausage fest, isn't it? In here, it is. I mean, it, this is the opposite. Let's play lightsabers. Yes, yeah. let's, let's not play lightsabers. You know, that's what got us chucked out last time. Um, yeah, packed show, packed show, packed with people. Are we going to be packed with with good content? Who knows? We'll find that's out cool. soon enough, I suppose. Um, but let us start as we always means to go on with what everybody is drinking. So I'm going to go back through the list as I did before. Uh, I have got a nice glass of OJ for my evening drink tonight. Oh, bit of season juice. Very good. Uh, Are we we talking, um, you know, not from concentrate? Is this the good stuff? No, it's from the local farm shop, so it is the proper stuff. Squeezed it right from the cows. Yeah. Uh, Mr. D. I've got a glass of bull crap. It's a oh, gin and tonic. Oh crap. crap! What's that? Is that yeah, a not, new? Uh... It's not OG. It's not OG. It's the opposite from OG. <laughs> uh, apple juice. No pear. Gin and pear. tonic. So, hang on, hang on a second. Sussex gin and tonic. Right, hang on, hang on. I'm so mistaken. For some reason, what's the Gowsers think the opposite of orange juice is pears. <laughs> No, you're breaking up. Sorry. <laughs> like Abbe. The correct like response Abba. is just cheers. Uh, cheers, indeed. Uh, Ryan? I have got a bramble gin and lemonade. Oh. Bramble gin. Someone's had to pay that. Yep. And then some. Uh, Mr. Ripley? May I answer in the style of Adam the Woo? You may. 
I've procured myself a piping hot caffeinated beverage that I am consuming in a plastic receptacle. And the girl who's standing to my left, who is also gothic, is not my girlfriend. <laughs> I cannot uh, confirm how good that impression is, but P-Dubs laughed, so therefore it must have been pretty good. <laughs> so, you nailed it there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the best and the better. Um, and um, just because it says the name on the recording device that I'm using, uh, the cock, what are you drinking? I am drinking Iron Brew. Oh, oh, somebody is showing off that they've just come back from Scotland, aren't they? You've gone full yeah, Scotland. Smuggled it over the border in my mm. bottom. He will be <laughs> eating haggis and tossing cabers before the night is out. Who's cabers? Cabers. Well, there's enough of them in here. Mm. I've seen you've been bringing back the Scotch pies as well, Greg. Oh, Good on you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm full of pie. I've had a steak pie tonight and a chicken and ham pie. And last night I had a Scotch pie. Nice. What is I mean, a Scotch pie for our American listeners? It's a pie from Scotland. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So. <laughs> It's full of the, uh, the stuffing peppery. from Jim Mats. It's mm-hmm. like peppery mince and onion, basically. So it's haggis? Yeah. No. Uh, I've no, got a haggis really. as well in the fridge, if you want to see it. That is the yeah. worst chat I've ever heard. It's a weird pastry. <laughs> Let me just put a lazy band around it and boil it for 45 minutes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Make sure it's dead before you boil it. Well, I spent a whole morning <laughs> hunting haggis, and I got three. So, oh, good oh, stuff. Good for you. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good going. No, I mean they're, they're easier to to locate than uh, Ripley's the in the wild. But the vegetarian haggis are a lot easier to catch because they get mm. a bit weak after about five minutes of running. Yeah, yeah, it's all that grass they eat. Yeah, obviously. Um, right, uh, I've got. Uh, a cherry Pepsi Max because I put some cans of Shoffer Hoffer in the uh, in the fridge and they're still warm and I'm not just refusing to drink it. I'm sorry. I'm just there's no one. No. There's no one put a vodka in the Shoffer Hoffer yet. Um, no. They sold me that no. thing in Disney Springs last year and it was majestic. Yeah, well, it, it's. I mean, it's it's barely beer, is it? Really, it's so fruity. No, it's it's yeah, not even. It's like it's, I'd say it's fruit in cider. No, it's not. Yeah, but... it's it's only about two percent. Yeah, it's not even beer. It's nah, nah, it's nice, but yeah, it's not gonna it's not gonna get you drunk. Um, right, we do two things on this show: we look at the parks, and we look at stuff outside the parks. So let's start with what's going on inside the parks. This episode is sponsored by Quicksilver Tours. Look, we all know traveling is the worst part of any vacation, let alone when hitting Orlando. And what do you do when you get to the airport? Magical Express is about to disappear. Free transportation as part of a package deal can be hit or miss, and no one wants to queue up for a long time to get a car hire. And that is where Quicksilver come in. They have a free stop for groceries for airport round trips, a complimentary meet and greet service, as well as luggage assistance. And after a nine-hour flight, who couldn't want some help with their luggage? And look, podcasts are always promoting things, right? But how many can vouch for the products or service? Well, we can, because Craig has used Quicksilver on previous trips and will be using them again for his next, and he went with 17 people. 
So whilst we know there are other good companies out there, we personally know how good Quicksilver are, and we are delighted to welcome them as sponsors. And you know what? We can even sweeten the deal. If you contact Quicksilver Tours for a reservation and mention this podcast, they will even give you a special discount of $5 off for airport round trips. That's off their already reasonable prices. So you've tried the rest, and now try the ones who, in our opinion, are the best by visiting quicksilvertransportation.com today. Don't wait if you have an upcoming trip booked today. So I don't think um, there's been any big announcements like there were at Universal with um, the uh, Fast and Furious uh, Penny Press being installed. <laughs> uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, someone could correct me. Maybe a Tron one's been installed. I don't know. Um, but um, does anybody want to go first? Anything burning uh, in the loins of one of my co-hosts about what they want to talk about in the parks? I've got some some big eyeballs burning in the loins as the closure of the NBA experience was announced today. It's um, it's interesting, isn't it? That because um, normally we record this show and then something breaks like big, big big new story breaks and we've missed it because we've recorded our show and we're not gonna do anything else about it so it's interesting that this has happened today but let's be honest anybody raise your hand if you didn't see this coming or if you care i mean it, it had a busy first week <laughs> with all the vloggers trying it out and then Nobody went pre-pandemic. Obviously, then the pandemic hit, and it's not had any business since reopening again. And yeah, I, th- I think even when this was first announced, I think everyone was like, "Okay, but why?" And even, you know, let's not forget that the NBA actually came to Disney World for most of the season, and it still didn't drive any interest. Well, yeah, last year, yeah. yes, of course, of course, it did. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, I, I I've forgotten that. It just shows you like how <laughs> how weird it's all been, right? It, it's a bit like you know, it'd be like a bit like the Star Wars hotel, right? All the vloggers will go first, and Disney will think, "Oh my god, this is so successful! We got so many bookings and all these people," and then nobody else wants to bother. I mean, the thing is, the the reviews from the the, the blogging community, um were positive right you know well, they, they think were, everything's they positive don't they? well yeah but that, but that's, that's what i mean like you know there was no one went there opening week and were like well this is a dive or this is a poor replacement for disney's like uh for disney quest right they all kind of like hyped it up this was a good thing and then you never saw anyone go back there like i never saw vloggers go back there two months down the line no they might stick their head in the door to see how empty it was that day it just seems so obviously doomed. I mean, we did go in there when it opened in 2019. And it's like, I, I knew it was there. And when I got there, it was exactly what was written on the tin, which was <laughs> nothing that interested me at all. It's like a massive place dedicated to basketball. And I'm sure, that, you know, I like watching basketball. It's a good sport. But if it had been a massive store dedicated to soccer, I would have felt exactly the same about it. It's yeah. not a tourist attraction. I'm, I'm sure there was a 
um, soccer shop in Disney Springs at one point, and again, it, it was. It didn't last that long. No, no. I mean, and this that. one was the size of a small planet. Wasn't it? Yeah, but yeah, that's that's the difference. Like this wasn't just that, was it? And you know, let's remember as well that you know one of the reasons why we got the NBA experience at Disney Springs is because the NBA City was it called NBA City? Was yeah. that the name of the restaurant? Um, that closed at Universal. Now, um, I first went to Universal in 2007. And every time I went past it, it looked dead. That was 2007. I think I think it may have still been open in 2010, but it was definitely on the way out by that point, at least. Because um, that's, that's what Tushan's is now, isn't it? I think. Yeah. I think that's the area. Um, yeah. Either way, I mean, and that was a restaurant. That was just a restaurant, and that wasn't making money, or that wasn't bringing people in. So putting all this other stuff in there as well just seemed like things are foul. And what's weird as well is that, you know, Orlando's famous for having a basketball team. That's sponsored by Disney. Yeah. So, you know, you'd have thought, like, with, with synergy and with location, and that just really goes to show that if they can't make it work there that ain't gonna work anywhere is it and that I mean, was the thing because universal used to have basketball sign-ins they would have players come out and do autograph sign-ins disney right. didn't even look like they were ever interested in doing anything like that no it, it just feels like it was a nice little payout for for disney to have the nba presence there and it's fallen on its ass as everyone expected it to and I mean, God knows what we're going to get there now, but... The world of tiddlywinks. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I'd quite like to see them. Yeah. Well, at least that's a global sport. There you go. That's what everyone can get involved in, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the only... I think the only um, sport that could probably get away with doing something like that is probably the NFL. But in saying that, I also think baseball probably would do as well. Like they seem to be much more ingrained in in culture. I, I don't know. I just don't think people go to Disney World. I mean, I know you've got, obviously got ESPN, but people but that's just different. Don't go... That's actually a proper venue. That's it not. Is, yeah, yeah. They attract proper teams. It's not. They have competition. Like you're trying, things there. Yeah, you're not yeah. trying to attract tourists I, to come I don't and watch tourists... something. Yeah, I completely. I, th- I think. I don't think tourists are going to Disney World to play sports or shop sports or really have anything to do with sports. I think tourists are going to Disney to experience Disney. Disney Quest offered that. It was left to die. All it needed was an update, which wouldn't have cost much and probably cost Disney less than what they're about to pay out for all of the loss on this. Well, I wonder how much it will be because it depends how much... they're not going to get any revenue from... NBA anymore for the for the building lease at the very least. Yeah, yeah, but I wonder how much of it was you know was this a joint venture? Was this you know fully funded by you know a third party? I believe it was partially funded by the NBA. The fact that the chief executive of the NBA was there to open it, yeah. I think, kind of gives that away that it was they were very heavily involved in it. And that might well be why it's failed. It's because it wasn't done as a 
entertainment purpose, it was done via the NBA, and they probably have fucked up, to be honest. With marketing, <laughs> it, I mean, it's just sat there for marketing the NBA, but who cares? You know, who cares? Yeah. Like, if you're an NBA fan, you're already watching it. Yeah, yeah. and that's my point. If the, if it had just been the shop and the bar, I think yeah. they would have been fine. Yeah, agree. And I think that's being pro- proven by the, the one at, at Universal that does a great trade. If it had just been a sports bar and a, a sports shop, I think it probably would have survived. But the fact that's... that they just overloaded it is just ridiculous. And, and Disney Springs, I think, probably was actually missing a sports bar. Yeah. I think you're right. It could have done really well. Yeah. Hey, I wonder what it will, uh, what it will become. There you go. Yeah, well... It's going to become an Apple store. <laughs> the world's biggest Apple store. Yeah. It's got to be, Annie. Virgin, Virgin not... Biggest store's coming back in a big way. Oh, yeah, could be. That's, that used to be <laughs> in that area, didn't it? That's, that was right there, just up the I, street from Disney Quest. I loved that Virgin Megastore. Yeah. Oh, so did I. So, so good. Um, yeah. It's interesting because... Um, and I know, I know we don't talk about Universal on here for obvious reasons. We've done other podcasts for that. But um, the rumours are circling yet again of another kind of uh, similar attraction to this opening up in City Walk. Um, I'm hearing the rumours again that the WWE Hall of Fame might be replacing the Blue Man Group um, now that that's gone. That rumour has been circling Florida like water down a drain. Uh, for like years, well, money down the drain. It's just, it's just why you know. It, first, it was going to be on iDrive. Then it was going to be in City Walk. Then it was, you know, a, like it's. It was always rumored around the Nickelodeon Studios bit that was left. But now Blue Man Group's gone. Obviously, there's a lot more space. Um, but again, I, you know, with these things, it's it's tough because on the one hand, you will potentially get people that will come in to visit that and then we'll you know go and to the theme parks as well because they're there but you you are you must be relying a lot more on tourists than anything else oh oh, sorry no it's it's, it's just finding something that kind of ticks both boxes right i I was on a, a disney cruise once and i said to one of the cast members who was quite senior i said do you get many celebrities on uh, these cruises? I mean, do you get like NFL players, blah, 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 coming out? This was coming out of uh, Cape Canaveral. And he said, it's probably not a Disney cruise if there's not at least one WWE wrestler on board every single time. <laughs> he said they absolutely adore Disney. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it works. I mean, um, one of the ring announcers is, um, I don't know if he still works at Universal, but he, he definitely was a character actor at Universal. He was Jack the Clown. Was he Jack the Clown as well? As in, yeah. So when James Keaton's not Jack the Clown, because he can't be Jack the Clown all the time. Yeah. He was the understudy. Uh, so yeah. now he's done like he's done the Grinch and stuff, isn't he? I think. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I know there's a huge connection. I know a lot of wrestlers have relocated to to Florida well, to the, be the, the training. Park, so. The training thing is in Florida, isn't it? The uh, there is there is one. Yeah, Full Sail University, there's uh, their kind of um, their recruitment centre and where they the wrestlers uh, will train as they're kind of coming up through the ranks and they film the TV show, one of the TV shows there as well. Yeah, because Scotty Too Hot is there all the time, isn't he? Yes, he's one of the he's one of the trainers. 
Or yeah. he's, he's certainly a guest trainer a, a lot. I don't know if uh, he still does his fireman's gig as well, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a big hub. So I mean, you do get um, a lot of people going to Orlando for that. You know, you can tie in go and see wrestling and stuff like that, and the wrestlers are there. And Hogan's got his beach shop, but um, on I Drive hasn't he now as well as uh, down at Clearwater. So there's interest, but does that turn into being able to? Uh, you know, make an experience profitable. You know, if the NBA can't do it, what what franchise or what um, what entertainment could could you know do that? Bring bring constant people in, tourists and locals and uh, people that you know are going there for that specific reason. I, I don't think there's much. The thing it's was, true. the NBA, they used to say, oh, it's always dead at Universal because it's in a bad location. But in Disney Springs, it'd be in a good location. I mean, it was literally next door to Islands of Adventure. Could you get a better position? It's, no one uh, wanted to go in there. No. Yeah. I think I what it's going to be, it's going to be a super target. <laughs> Tarji. Oh, I've heard they're building some... Walmart. Well, I've heard they're building some really good, uh, really big Walgreens. So maybe it'll just be a, a massive medicine store. There were supposed to be targets opening up in Disney because Disney and Target have the, this partnership. Oh, so, is that where the the little Disney store concessions are? Target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, <sighs> like genuinely, it wouldn't surprise me if it, if they could open a Target. I don't think it's another value for Disney Springs, is it? Nah. Even even that end, which is the, the crap end, right? mm-hmm. um, it, that, it's not the one. That is the kind of thing I expect to see. You know where that um, that odd McDonald's is? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Where it's on property. But by Animal Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, by the old stars, yeah. That was where the, the super tar- target was meant to be, was south of Animal Kingdom. Oh, re- mm. There you go. Yeah. They, they refurbed that McDonald's only... A couple of years ago, I only know that because we were staying at the lodge. So it's only just had a refurb. Yeah, it's been yeah. turned into an eco-friendly one, hasn't it? Yeah. Where they're using sunlight to power it. it That's is... called solar. Solar power. Yeah. <laughs> well, it kind of is. It's not complete solar pa- solar panels. They also they had bikes outside that you could sit on to power the restaurant. I mean, I've heard some stuff in my time, but getting the patrons to... <laughs> Actually, yeah. power up the restaurant so you can get your food cooked. That's that's a bit of a that's a bit of a tough one. If they were going to like give me a discount for yeah, generating enough energy to get my burger, yeah, do ten k on a bike and get a Big Mac. I'm in for yeah. that. Yeah. Um. So it's it. This is a weird one because I think we all saw it coming. But the question is, what do they do? That that whole section of of uh, Disney Springs is just. A void, not yeah. the void, well, a void. Yeah, without a void. Without Cirque du Soleil void. show drawn to life. It related to this because it's kind of that end. Is going to be opening at November the eighteenth this year. Mm. So there will be at least some reason for guests to go over that side of the springs later in the year. Yeah, I mean, is the but Star yeah, Wars shop a... still there? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a great. Do Wars take the Soleil restaurant then instead? Just do that. So I've like all my artists saving it and people rolling they've, down bits of curtains and that. They've just come out of bankruptcy proceeding. Or or they they certainly went bankrupt at the beginning of COVID. 
I don't have to out of that yet or not. But I think this show is one of the only ones they're continuing with worldwide. Uh, the, 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 some of the ones in Vegas are back up. Yeah, I think but Vegas, that's... Orlando, and maybe a couple of others, but most of them are shut. For good. Yeah. Mm. The Vegas, like the thing is, the ones with like, like at Disney, the ones in Vegas, they're a bit different because they're tied into all other bits and pieces. You know, like their main features of the hotel. Uh, yeah, they probably guaranteed. have to fill it with something, but and you uh, guarantee people through the door. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I've I, heard rumors that somebody, uh, not sure who it is, but various people on various Facebook groups are going to start a petition for the Adventures Club to reopen. Oh, well, that's a good one. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Was I watching the other day? I was watching a video. Oh, I was watching a YouTube video. Maybe Yesterworld, possibly. Yeah. History, of, History of Pleasure Island. That's the one. Yeah, I yeah. just watched that about a week ago. I, Very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was interesting for me because it, you know I didn't go there till two thousand seven, so um, it was already in a, in a bit of a weird state of flux anyway. Um, and I didn't go to the Adventures Club because I, I didn't know what it was. The description of it didn't really tell you, didn't sell it very well. If I knew what it was then, we'd have definitely gone. Yeah. But we didn't. Um, up to a point, you had to pay to get onto Pleasure Island. It was yes. all clubs. And so it was actually ticketed and then eventually sort of dwindled and they eventually made it free. But yeah. yeah. But oh. Adventure Club, that would be good. That would be really good. It looked, it looked really interesting. Um, and I know that you know a lot of people are passionate about it because mm-hmm. it was something that used to bring people back. Um, they're, yeah. they're meant to be, aren't they? Meant to be de- developing Disney Plus shows based on some of the characters from that. Um, there was a rumor about because um, isn't like Mystic Manor tied into the the story of the adventures? Yeah, it's yeah, it's so. uh, C, isn't it? Society yeah. of Explorers and and it's all it's in the Jungle yeah. Crew. It's everywhere. There's a C yeah. Disney Plus show in the works, I'm sure of it. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, there's references to it in that Skipper Jack's canteen, which is a d- Jungle Cruise themed restaurant in the Magic Kingdom. There's lots mm. of nods to it there. Well, they've got some space to fill now. Yeah. Maybe the Adventures Club is what you do with it. I think they've got a I think they need to think of something though that's that's more on brand. You know, Cirque du Soleil, when it first opened, I think it was a bit lucky in that it was, you know, it was, it was something new. You know, Cirque du Soleil had kind of, a bit like Riverdance, had been a bit of a flash in the pan. You know, people wanted to see it. It was, it was well known. Um, I didn't really like the Nobu, if I'm honest, but, you know, a lot of people did. Um, it's going to draw people in. They were lucky with that. You know, the fact they're doing a new Cirque show that's Disney-based, I think is a huge draw because then that appeals to two types of people. Um, but everything else down that end just just doesn't really work, does it? Look, look, this is Chapex Disney, right? Whoever can afford the rent, they'll put in there. Whether it's like, I don't know, a coffin makers or a taxidermy, Trump's re-election campaign offices, whoever wants to pay the 10 million a year rental, they'll have them in there. Yeah, it could be right. Could be, could be. I don't I, I think just... that's, that's that's definitely my biggest complaint of 
of Disney Springs now is that it's just lost its Disney. It's, it's lost the Disney from it. Even, it was even, the, even World it, of Disney is, is just any old store anywhere. It, it was the, the whole thing. They said, oh, we're, we're rebuilding Disney Springs. We're going to make it a, a, a storyline. You're going to know where you are, why it's there. And literally, it's just become a hodgepodge again of we're just going to chuck everything at it. Um, why is there an M&M store? And stuff like that. It's just, <laughs> how has that got anything to do with any kind of storyline that they've written? Yeah. It'd be a laugh if it was a universal store, wouldn't it? If it turned it into that. Universal <laughs> may have the money anyone. for Mr. JPEG. Yeah. You didn't say anyone wants to pay £10 million a year for rent. Or whatever it could be a Halloween or an tribute store. It's going to be what, Spirit it, of Halloween, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, spirit, yeah. If you guys want to pay the rent, I'm sure JPEG would entertain them, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, it'll be interesting. I think, um, yeah, that, that whole section needs a massive boost in the arm. That Cirque du Soleil show will obviously do that. I mean, look, let's be honest. They were getting rid of the Cirque du, Cirque du Soleil show at the same time they're getting rid of Disney Quest. Now, I know they were saying, well, you know, it wasn't drawing enough people in, but you took those two things away. What was drawing you down that section? You got to the AMC and you stopped. There was no need for you to go past that, really. Yeah, there was, but, Nick. Go on. Yeah, there was a, a runner's store down there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, I see what you're doing there. I see what you're doing. Is it still there? No. No. Okay. It was there. <laughs> it was there. That's the point. It was that's there. The point. Yeah. That's also that's also where the cigar shop was. I told yeah, the cigar story, there. haven't I? It's still there, yeah. Is it really? I mean it's, it's yeah, but it's small. Do you know what I mean? This this is a huge oh, place. It's, yeah, it's tiny. It's tiny. Yeah. I well, it seems there. to be if you look at what we've talked about, there seems to be a theme that single sport shops don't work. No. Right. Whether it's NASCAR, whether it's NBA, whether it's running, you know. Yeah. Not not something the size of that. Maybe if it's a small store, yeah. But Mr. D, you've solved it. You've solved the mystery. Yeah, I know I what know. they should do with that. Go I've on. It. Turn it into a DVC. No. No, yes. no, 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 no. Turn it into the decathlon. Almost. <laughs> Almost. Yeah. The no. Olympic store. No. We're going to turn it into the world's biggest sports direct. Mike Ashley's going global. Genius. They literally cover every sport. Imagine how big the US mugs would be. Yeah. (laughs) Put them on your head. They would literally be bowls that they'd weld, you know, to get kids to weld on handles to. I'm definitely going to Florida to buy a pair of skis. Definitely. (laughs) Hey, look, if Tim Tracker can buy a, a Gucci cardigan, that you can probably wear for about two hours a year, you might have uh, useful skis. Who knows? <laughs> um, right. Okay. So more on the NBA experience, I'm sure, uh, in the future, as uh, as we learn what Disney's going to plan to do with that uh, shit show. Um, what else has been going on in the parks? I've got a couple of bits. Um, a couple oh, of hello. Rest- oh, yeah. Excuse you. Uh, um, one new opening and one reopening. First of all, we've got finally Space 220 will be opening in the middle of September. In 221. 
Sorry, I mean, like I, caffeine. I know I'm Captain Obvious, you know what I mean? But I just had to point that out. It, it looks like the cafe in Costco. What? That's what, have you seen the videos of it? Yeah, but my cafe in Costco looks nothing like that. It's got a cat, it's got uh, tellies all around it pretending to be space. And then it's got a load of plazzy chairs, a load of plazzy tables on carpeting. I mean, just, I mean, this this once again just highlights how different Liverpool is to the rest of England because I've never been to a Costco or a cafe like that. Oh, <laughs> it's just it's grim, mate. It's grim. Yeah, but I tell you what, they're not selling in uh, Space Two Twenty, and that's uh, a foot long hot dog and a soda for one dollar fifty. So. You well, they'll, they'll sell you them, but they'll be one hundred and fifty dollars. Well, yeah, exactly. Chap it prices. You've just gone to space. They're putting you in a lift, a space lift. So go, on, Mr. D. So, um, no, not Mr. D. P. Dubs. No, it wasn't I've literally, I've literally given you different names. I don't get you confused, and I've still managed to do that. So, um, yeah. So, tell me about it, because I, I know there's a lift involved. Yeah, basically, it's as. Has been said, you, you get in a lift and it's like you're meant to be 220, God knows how many, 220 metres or something above the earth. Um, and then you have dinner looking out towards the planet. That's basically it. I guess that's 220 kilometres or something like that. Yeah. I'm thinking if it's 220 metres, there's going to be it's airplanes not very high, flying is above it? you. Yeah. yeah. I reckon the, uh, the Guardian's building is taller than that. <laughs> Certainly looks like the NBA experience. I'm a sucker for I'm a sucker for anything like this. I'm looking forward to it. I have to say the wife turned around to me. We are <laughs> supposedly a week out from booking our dining experiences. Um but it was like she was like, just put it on the top of the list because I want to go. And I was yeah. like, oh, all right. It's fine. It wouldn't be my pick, but um, so, I think on the Sam plus might side, like it. On the plus side, though, it's a themed restaurant. And yeah. compared to some of the other stuff that Disney have done outside the parks, you know, where they've gone like with some of the hotels, really generic. And we might talk about one of those when we talk about outside the parks a little bit later on. It's, it's good to see them doing something that's themed. So I'm in. And also, I'm in as, it. I'm well, in as, as well as once. a theming, though, but as well as a theming, it's also yeah, not an IP. Like a space pill, might it? Might be a it's not an IP. Thing. Yeah, you're right. That's a good thing. It's a roast in a pill. That's uh, $52, please. Well, mm-hmm. the thing is, we've all been to, like, museums, haven't we, where the gift shops have sold space food, like freeze-dried ice cream and stuff. Yeah. Right. So is it going to be that? Or I is don't it going believe to be so. Food? No. See, I don't want proper food. It'll be proper space food though, because even in space, you know, you need you need decent dining. I mean, how how expensive is it going to be? You know, are, uh, are you going to scream at the pricing? Because obviously, in space, no one can hear you scream, so <laughs> they could get away with it. Yeah, I think it is going to be quite expensive. Um, it's outsourced; it's not Disney running it. Um. So celebrity it's, chef, isn't it? The one posh. Uh, yeah, I think they have got someone quite 
well known to, like you, to do it. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. It's going to be basically oh. this is this is going to be the uh, the live the the show that's based on or Buzz Lightyear is based on, isn't it? We're going to have Chris Evans flying past, shouting to Infinity and Beyond. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a prefix menu. Um, you can have a two or three course one. Yeah. When it bombs, they'll introduce characters and Guardians of the Galaxy will be flying past. Well, and all that's that. a no, you, you, I'd already thought of this and you've actually preempted what I was going to say because this to me looks very similar in in execution to what they've done at the Art of Marvel P-dubs, would you say, with, with yeah. the New York skyline? So yeah. I think they won't do it now but certainly when Cosmic Rewind opens in, what, 2029? 2028? I, I don't know. Um, but whenever... Probably. Whenever that massive Costco warehouse opens up with that ride inside it, um, I guarantee that will be featured because that's corporate synergy, right? Go visit the attraction once you finish the restaurant. So I can, I can see that happening. I can see that happening. Yeah, definitely. And the other restaurant was uh, Boma's reopening. Um, everybody's favourite restaurant at Animal Kingdom Lodge um, is reopening as of the 20th of August. And it's going to be the first, the first standard buffet restaurant returning. Yeah. As in as a normal buffet. <laughs> <laughs> so watch, uh, that, watch that spike in Orange County in the next few weeks. See, the thing it, is, it doesn't what's... matter now. It doesn't matter. It, Hurricane Fred's coming soon, so they're just going to wipe them all away anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, it's amazing that it's taken a global pandemic and hundreds of thousands of deaths for Craig to go. Buffets aren't for me anymore. He was <laughs> he was the buffet king. Yeah, when you think about it, though, he was the super spreader. <laughs> I think I think you have said did you not say to me that you got ill at Plaza Gardens yeah yeah got food poisoning in and, Disneyland Paris and they yeah. denied it and, and we and we had uh, an experience before you did uh, where we think that might have been the culprit as well I, and it, I got food poisoning at Buffalo Bills oh Seriously, I did. Yeah. I can believe it. It's, it's just the Buffalo or Bill that give it you. I was going to say, RIP Buffalo Bill, because they're gone as well, aren't they? They are gone. That is the, currently a COVID testing centre. Or oh, is it always the vaccine centre, Pete? I'm so always getting confused. No, that's the, it's the testing centre. Yeah. yeah. So if moves. you need to have a test before you come home. Do you yeah. get a green hat if there. you've got it, or a yellow hat if you don't? <laughs> and they're made of straw. Because basically, you know, they they thought this was running forever. They have got a warehouse full of no, straw you know. cowboy hats with bands on. <laughs> Can't make use of it. I mean, it literally was something like the longest running daily show ever or something, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it, was, it was, you know, it, it started in 92. Um, it opened pretty much with, with the park. So it wasn't daily. It was six days a week, I think. But um, it was certainly like it, it must have been like the longest running um, dinner, uh, mm. well, no. show, whatever it's called. I think Hoop to Do was and possibly still is. No animals oh, in Hoop to Do, though. 
Uh, oh, well, no. Maybe not. Well, apart from the ones on the table. but Yeah, I mean, I mean ones that could actually move as opposed right. to just lie there dead while you keep it, consume yeah. them. It's a good job Sinead's not here. She would she would uh, kick me in the knee for that comment. But it's true. Um, okay, so it's good restaurant news opening up. Um, mm. Mr. Ripley, was there anything that um, piqued your interest at Disney Parks? But, uh, hang on. Uh, yeah, uh, just two small things. Um, one, apparently uh, Port Orleans is due a refurbishment very soon, even before it's opened. Okay, that's bad timing. They should have probably done that now, shouldn't they? Yeah, it's, it's a light refurbishment, so the rooms are going to have a makeover, apparently. Okay. Oh, well, that's good timing, because I saw that um, on Channel 4 this week, they're, they're rebooting changing rooms with Lawrence Lerone and Bowen. Maybe uh, <laughs> maybe we'll see a crossover episode. <laughs> probably. Have you seen the rooms at the Contemporary? Wow. Have you seen the rooms on changing rooms? Exactly. <laughs> Don't know which could one's they, worse. Could they be any more Linda Barker? <laughs> Did Claire Sweeney used to do that, the poor man Silla Black? No, was that was... Um, 60-minute makeover. Yeah. Oh, uh, was it? Ryan yeah, knows. Yeah. I, I actually had 60-minute makeover film down uh, my old street once. They did someone's house. Uh, it's a lie. They filmed over two days. The secrets of television. Mm. Secrets of television. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I don't hate the contemporary room upgrade as much as you do, but, but I also, um, I do understand why, uh, it, it's, it, it's probably not the ideal place to do it. I don't have a problem with, um, incredible hotel rooms. I think that's a good idea, but yeah, possibly I, the, I, uh, venue I love it, but not at those prices at the contemporary. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Have a floor, have a floor, yeah. make them cheap. I like the um, Moana ones at the poly. I think they've done a good job of that. I think it looked really good. Yeah, I agree. It's yeah. it's it's weird because that's Disneyland Paris have been quite good with with uh, low key room things. I don't mean low key room rooms. That'd be yeah. great, but um, no, they haven't like, done you know. that at the Marvel Hotel yet. But yeah, only a matter of time. Um, but um, you know, with the um, the rooms at Sequoia, with uh, like the the Bambies in the wallpaper. What was it in the Disneyland Hotel? What was in the wallpaper there? Was it Princesses? Um, Silhouettes I can't of princesses. remember. I've never been in one of the rooms. Um, no, but it was in the foyer on on the second yeah. floor. But yeah, they, they they'd be like hidden things in the wallpapers. Like it'd be it'd be very subtly done. So they were themed, but it was all quite uh, discreet. Not it's like, like that um, in the Fred West themed hotel. Jesus Christ. Um, I, th- I just thought one episode, one episode. Uh, what was the other thing, Mr. Mr. Ripley? Oh, the other thing was, courtesy of businessinsider.com, uh, they have a guest post on there, an article about a previous Disney employee who worked in various roles in Disney's Hollywood studios, um, but she also worked guest services. And she said that from the moment Rise of the Resistance opened for a whole time there, every day she just had hundreds and hundreds of people complaining about boarding groups and how so many of the guests that were coming to the park were first-time visitors and had absolutely no idea about any of this stuff, about booking anything, and it was just complaints, 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 and apparently uh, no one listens. Well, I, I think this is... I mean, that's that's... 
that's a good i'm glad you brought that up actually because i was going to talk about morning groups um the, the thing with if you listen to something like this right if you listen to any kind of disney podcast where you talk about parts and, and stuff like that you probably got a good idea about this kind of stuff because everyone would have talked about these kind of things or uh you know magic bands or you know how to do reservations you know but there's so many thousands of people hundreds of thousands of people that don't listen to these things or don't watch youtube videos before they go they just expect to turn up and it to be like any other theme park in the world and, and why should they why would you expect it to be any different in some ways mm. i think i think the message is if you're not listening to the podcast this podcast pay attention and do your research yes yes mm. especially the people that aren't listening to this right now yeah listen to that's, this that's who research. i'm talking to you know yeah. who you are right <laughs> the people who aren't listening to this i'm talking to you sort yourselves out yeah, if well, you listen to this, you're okay. You're you're fine. Uh, this doesn't apply to you. One thing did happen at Rise of Resistance just this past week. In they let people into the standby line for the first time just yesterday, as we record. That is boarding yeah. groups available after one p.m., which is again never happened before. Now it could just be that the parks are unusually quiet this week, and it's probably the case, but. I mean, I've always been anti-boarding group. I'd rather just get in a queue, know that it's going to take me three hours to ride something and, and wait for it than spend $120 plus in the chance that I might get on an attraction that I really want to go to. And that's not fair, Ryan. You know that if you if you throw down at least five grand for two of yours, you're going to get one go on Rise of the Resistance early on the next the second morning of your Disney non-cruise. That that is that is very true. That is a guaranteed way to get, unless of course it's down. Uh, unless of course it's down. Yeah. So um, yeah. So I noticed this, Ryan. Actually, uh, yesterday, one of the rare cases of me actually spotting something that was interesting, and um, I saw from at least one person yesterday um, that they uh, walked on at half past eight last night. And, you know, like, like literally walked on, as in didn't have to queue up for like an hour, just able to walk on. So the question is, with the, with the boarding groups, are they only allocating what they think they might get through that day? Or are they genuinely, like, trying to, you know, fill that out for the, for the whole day? So what I mean is... Let's just say you can get a thousand people for an hour and it's open for 12 hours. So you try and to only allow 1200 people, uh, 12,000 people to get boarding groups, or the Disney go, right, we'll allocate half of that amount just in case there's breakdowns. Well, they must be, yeah, they must be factoring in the breakdowns, they must know what they're what their average breakdown delay is on a day. They've got to be factoring that in, surely. So if they have a really good day where it doesn't break down as much as they predicted, maybe that's an opportunity for people who are in the standby line to get on, I don't know. I mean, you know, as all brand new attractions do, regularly break down. Yeah. You've got to believe believe Disney would would undercook it, though, to your point, Nick, because... Imagine you've you've got yourself a park reservation for the studios. You've got up at the crack of dawn and you've got yourself a boarding group. 
and you still don't get on, you're going to be seriously miffed. So oh. you've got to believe that the people that get a boarding group have got a pretty good chance. Maybe it isn't guaranteed. I'm sure it isn't guaranteed because if the ride's done the whole day, then that's it, isn't it? But yeah. there's got to be, they, they've got to have some reasonable, you know, yeah, chance of getting on. What happens if you've got a boarding group, you don't get on, and then you've got a couple more days left on your holiday, but you're not booked in for Disney Hollywood Studios. You're booked because there's no pipe day left, and then you fly home the following day. I mean, it's just crazy. Well, the, and this is the problem. This is the problem with, with it as it stands anyway. Like, and, you know, I've, I've seen people have that same experience, and some people, uh, I think it was a week ago, that um, it might have been Derek Bergen, actually, old friend of the show, Derek Bergen. Um, I think he, he had some family members, and it was their first time going to Disney. Um, and they were, you know, that almost ruined the trip. You know, with that with that exact situation happening, I don't know if they um, had the days uh, not booked for for Hollywood shows or whatever, but certainly when they did, they weren't able to uh, to get boarding passes and it, and this is the problem you know and i know it's not got there yet i know we kind of talked about in the last episode about what might happen with you know the future of um you know ticket reservations for rides and, and all this kind of malarkey but anyone that spends you know five ten fifteen twenty grand whatever it is to go to disney expects to have the same experience as anyone else and the same chances as everybody else um and you expect, if you're planning your day, to be able to go on all the attractions you want to. You know, if I've got a day at Magic Kingdom and I know there's 10 attractions I want to do, I expect that day I'll do them. Might be a bit of queuing, but, you know, I expect to do all of those attractions. So if you go and, and you know, obviously a lot of people are going specifically for Star Wars right now because it's a new ride and, you know, people that are Star Wars fans are being dragged to Disney parks because that's where you get to experience Star Wars. And then they're not able to go on the attraction that they're going there for. The thing is, it's like, you know, you're spending all those millions building something from the ground up, which is you're spending more money on the foundations because it's Florida than anyone will ever care to know. Yet you cheap out on the animatronics by using animatronics that have stood in another building for the last 30 plus years that are probably recycled from bits from Disneyland before that. They're absolutely knackered. They keep breaking down every two minutes. I mean, the likelihood is that the fact that Splash Mountain is taking so long to get off the ground is because they're trying to work out how to turn Brer Bear into bloody Tiana. I mean, that is literally, that is literally where we're at with Chapex Disney. This is how cheap it is. Are you talking about the uh, Wicked Witch of the Wren? Is that yes, what you're referring yeah, to? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, why would you? I mean, like, you know, you, you take, uh, what's the, the guy with the ears, you know, Animal Spock. Kingdom? No, oh. no. Imagineer, right? Umbo. Rody. But yeah, Rody, right? He got his animatronic in the log flume ride. You know, it's absolutely perfect. It's all wonderful. La 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 la. Probably cost an absolute bloody fortune. But the fact of the matter is, he's probably got so fed up of keep arguing about these things that it's like, ah. Oh. You got and the thing is, right? <laughs> Don't even change this, put a different mask on it. Yeah, but the the thing is, right, and, and Craig is a great example of this, right? Craig will not cheap out and stuff. If if Craig's going to buy something, he wants to buy the best that he can get, right? That's true, Craig, isn't it? Um, 
Yeah. To look at look, right. So you could you you had Alexas, right? Yeah. You had Alexas. They're not very good, right? Sorry, sorry, Amazon. You're not sponsoring me anyway, so I don't care. Um, but you went and got yourself HomePods because yeah. the quality of those was, was better. Yeah, and I seen an opportunity. I sold all these. You know, we Sonos has kept the value. I sold them, and the Sonos the HomePods were on sale in Argos, and I got them. Yeah, but the point is, off. right? But the, the point is, you could have still bought the top of the range. Amazon Echo devices if you wanted to, but you thought the the HomePods were a better investment and it's better, surely it's better to spend that extra bit of money and get something you think is going to be better quality that's going to last you longer than to cheap out. So using that as a principle, instead of Disney cheaping out and reusing, you know, 40, 50 year old animatronic parts to, to build things, just build it brand new. It, it, I, I don't understand the logic behind them reusing well, the things. Animatronics, right? Look at the new Donald Trump animatronic. It looks like Donald Trump. It doesn't move anymore. He just um, gives the finger to Biden or whatever. But <laughs> he looks like Donald Trump. Doesn't look uh, like Hillary anymore, you mean? It doesn't look like <laughs> Hillary anymore. Hillary in the suit. <laughs> doesn't look like Hillary in the suit anymore. Um. It, it, yeah, it, I just I just find it bizarre. I, I and also as well, you've got to look at look at Toy Story Mania, right? They they built that attraction. It was so popular. They were like, we need to expand this attraction. There is absolutely no reason why they couldn't have doubled down on this attraction, but they didn't. They've got the space. Walt Disney bought Florida for space and the cheaping out on space. They could have put two, as you say. They did it with them soaring as well. Yeah. Put an extra thing in. Uh, now, I, I appreciate there's a lot more to Rise of the Resistance. You know, that means you'd have to have, you know, four, you know, life-size attacks and all of this kind of stuff. But if you're, if you're going to make the money back by guest attendance, then it's worth the money, no? But the well, cost would have come down as well if you put another one in. Yeah, but I mean, it is, to be fair, you know, try and be balanced about it. I mean, it, it is a pretty new and sort of state-of-the-art ride from what from what I've seen and heard. So why wouldn't you put in one, create the demand for it, and then expand it, you know, once you've worked out all the bugs? I mean, look at look at the bugs they're working out, you know. It's not reliable. And that's not just because of animatronics, Right. So maybe once they get it reliable, then think about expanding it and you build in all the improvements, all the reliability improvements you've put in the first one. Yes, to an extent I agree, but has anyone watched the um the behind the attractions episode on Startles? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Very misleading because it's about half about Startles and then the rest is about Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. But they on that episode they talk about uh, smugglers run and they talk about the technology that they used for that to, to get that to work and you look at that and you think right you've done that to essentially double the capacity because you knew it was going to be busy you knew it was going to be popular so with that attraction and, and look i appreciate that takes up much less floor space but they already went, this ride is going to be super popular. We need to double the capacity. 
of this attraction. We're going to we're going to double everything to make sure that we can get as many guests through as possible. So they'd already done that once. Why would they not do it for the other attraction as well? It just... well, can I... well, it's different technology, though, isn't it? I mean, Smuggler's Run is more known technology. It is more like Star Tours, isn't it? I mean, you know, it's, using, it's, I mean it's less it's less kind of new new tech. It's using or, um, a video game engine. You're basically just playing a video game. Yeah, I, 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 in some ways you're right. In other ways, no. I, I, I think you're wrong there. But what was you going to say, Mister Ripley? Well, the thing is, is we're not we're not thinking about the wider picture. The, the Disney Corporation is so large. For example, it's not apples for apples, I know, but Galaxy's Edge costs about a billion dollars to construct. It's a land and you've got two rides, okay? Mm. The Velocicoaster costs 30 million and it was done and dusted between about 18 months. I mean, this is what you're dealing with. I mean, Universal is owned by a very big company, but it's still run like a very small company. It's very, you know, it's it's not even scalable in, in comparison to Disney, the way they work. So if it Disney to have a fart, it costs like a hundred million. I mean, it's just ridiculous money. It costs them to do anything. So yeah. we're, gonna, we're thinking that we're saying they're cheaping out the animatronics. The fact of the matter is they probably run out of money. I mean, just yeah. doing the foundations, like I said earlier, it's just stupid the way they operate. Yeah. Hey, no argument now. You're quite right about that. It takes, it takes a hell of a long time. Oh, I mean, look uh, at Avatar Land. It costs Land. a huge amount of money. Well, yeah. It took ages, ages and ages. Yeah. I mean, look look at Tron, Nick. Look at bloody yeah. Tron. How simple is that coaster? Well, simple, I mean, it's not even that, is it? It's the fact that you're not even building, you know, at least with uh, the Star Wars, you know, the whole, all of Galaxy's Edge, both of them, these were being built for the first time. That Tron coaster was installed yeah. or opened in 2016. Yeah. But, so you're I mean, just again, again, it. I gotta, I gotta be balanced here, right? I mean, please do. I'm you know, the global, this. the global pandemic. Do you know what I mean? It would have been open by now, wouldn't it? Yeah, but it didn't stop them doing Velocicoaster. Same well, no, I know, but but Universal was in a different position. They saw an opportunity. Disney saw saw it differently. I, I don't necessarily. No, no, agree I disagree. I, I disagree because construction didn't. I mean, yes, certainly construction stopped on Tron in the same way that construction stops on Velocicoaster. You know, there was periods of downtime last year, but they started on Tron earlier mm-hmm. and they were still continuing to work on Tron during the pandemic. So there's absolutely yeah. no reason it didn't... Uh, uh, it should have been open this year. There is, there is a reason. They, they don't want it on. They don't want it on. Well, that, that's prob- probably the reason, but it's also, it it's not the they're, full they're, reason. I mean, they are just gonna, so slow at everything. Yeah, Velocicoaster was built, Velocicoaster was built over rides. water. Yeah, well, look at, look at Ratatouille. Ratatouille was ready to go months ago, but they I don't mean, want to put it into play. They're you're not you're ready. Not... Well, I, again, I, I don't that's necessarily been done agree. Months. And they get, all right, get an, engine, get an Imagineer out, put a hard hat on, just walk around for a bit, we pretend like they're still in a painting. <laughs> They're not. Yeah, they've what? done it. It's been. Ratatouille. It's a fact. Now, you, I don't. I don't see what the disagreement is. It's a fact. Ratatouille was ready to go. It's a cut and piece from oh, Paris. No, no. They could have opened it I, months ago. I agree. No, no, the, I agree. The start of the fiftieth. Exactly. So why didn't they? Why did they not do that, with Tron? Because they're gonna. They're go, that's going to be next year's news, or the you know they want JPEG no, doesn't want to spend more money. Yeah. Right. 
They've invested that, a huge amount of money at Galaxy's he, Edge. Guardians he doesn't want Galaxy, to blow his wads either, does he? No, he's you, gonna he's gonna use the money he's already spent, and that'll fuel his news for the next four or five years without well, building any new attractions. Also, don't forget, if the capital budget runs into the next year, that's next year's budget. So you could argue that mm-hmm. as well. They're trying to yeah. spread the cost over the financial budgets to try and make it look on paper that it's yeah. being built cheaper than what it actually is. But yeah. I mean, you just look at Avatar Land. It just took so frigging long. Mm-hmm. You can't no, tell me that's not. just for marketing purposes. No, no, no. Not disagreement. Disney are really slow and... Their attractions are really expensive. No disagreement, but I'm just saying the reason why Tron isn't open is is different. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. right. It's because they don't want to open right now. They don't want to blow everything in one big go. They're going to use it to melt the next three or four Do you want years. A bounce? Do you want another yeah. bounce? Do you want another quarter? And they've just made profit, haven't they, for the first time since the mm-hmm. pandemic in the parks? Yeah. Was it four yeah. billion? Yeah. And last quarter was one billion. So that—that's what they're doing. That's yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, no, I, I, mean, out. I think I think what I was trying to say was Tron could have and should have been ready to go, but mm-hmm. you are right, Mister D, in that that's the reason why it's not, and it's the same reason why. What? No, actually, that's not true. I was going to say that's the reason why Galaxy. Um, Guns of the Galaxy is, is held up as well, but no. Guns of the Galaxy, I think, is held up because they haven't filmed the ride footage yet. Yeah. That's but it. If, if Tron had been built by Universal Creative, it would have been opened and done and dusted before the pandemic. That's the, sure. That is the real point. Yeah, and, and that's because Universal, you know, want to, you know, want to make an announcement, want it, want it ready to go. They don't want this years of anticipation that Disney do. It's two different method, methodologies. You know, I think for a lot of people, you prefer the universal model because, you know, you want to hear something's being built and then you want to see it ready to go and go on it. But Disney likes to have the anticipation, you know, this is coming in the future. This is why you're going to come back. And maybe in a, in a roundabout way, maybe the reason they do that is because, you know, they bank on the fact that, you know, for, that for some guests, it's going to be a very expensive holiday. They're going to need to save up for it. Yeah, but don't forget, right? Walt Disney bought so much land. Give him city. They passed their own planning laws. He wanted it so they could make things quickly and do things, yeah. you know, much better than they could at Disneyland by taking years to build rides. That's not what Walt Disney wanted. No, no way was that what they wanted. No, but it's just because they got too big. They're just mm. too big. Yeah. I think it is fair to say that Universal are fast and furious. Well, I tell you what else. <laughs> I tell you what else is fast and furious. Yeah, and that's our very own P Dubs and Mister Ripley because they are um, the, the the kind of official runners of the After Dark Podcast Network. Um, there are other people that run. I've done one, but that's You've it. Done one, done one, yeah. You know, this doesn't really, you know. And I've not done one as long as you, you both have. So, you know, I do, I kind of tip my head, my hat off in your direction. Um, but on the last episode, I said that we were going to talk a bit about uh, Run Disney and what that kind of all entails. So, um, I'll pass it over to you first, Mister P Dubs. Uh, but uh, yeah, I want to hear from you and Mr. Ripley about uh, Run Disney. Hopefully, we'll talk about running past Spaceship Earth with its new lights. 
See what I did there? It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, permanent, so permanent lights. Sorry, Pete Abs. Don't worry. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's talk Run Disney. So obviously, it's been on hiatus for uh, a good eighteen months to two years now. Um, the last race was February two thousand and twenty. Um, so yeah, just coming up, it will be about eighteen months by the time the first event rolls around. It has been reintroduced again, um, starting from November. Um, where we have the 2021 Disney Wine and Dine Half Marathon Weekend, um, which is actually the race that I ran. Um, and I know it's one you're interested in, Mr. D. Um, That's right. Not for this year. But for not for this year. year, but for next year. Um, yeah. So that is running from the 4th to the 7th of November. Um, then we go into uh, 22 um, with the return of the Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend. Um, that entails a 5k, a 10k, a half marathon and a full marathon um, for anyone that's nutty like that, that wants to run all of those miles. In hang, one on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. So you've said the word marathon. Yes. And then followed it up with a nutty experience. <laughs> this is running a very British joke. <laughs> running all four at once. No. They're... they're bonkers doing that um it was odd enough running one marathon let alone having a half marathon a 10k and a 5k on top of it um that is running from the 5th of january to the 9th of january um then we have the following month uh, the princess weekend that is back to just the 5k uh 10k and half marathon um that is running from the 24th of february to the 27th um, and then we get the introduction of a new race weekend, replacing the former Star Wars weekend. And um, we get the springtime surprise weekend, which again, <laughs> I'm guessing is going to be five, ten and a half marathon. They haven't confirmed that yet. Um, surprise, it's the same medals as the last of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we don't know what that's going to entail yet. And that's running from the 31st of March to the 3rd of April. Um, and that's all we've got so far. Um, that will be it. That's basically, that's kind of their calendar. They run from wine and dine in November to, to that one in April. There's no races over the summer, obviously, for obvious reasons. Because um, they, they don't want people to die on property. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, so, yeah, that's, they're the four races so far. Um, I will mention that, obviously, Disneyland Paris does have one. There isn't one this year. Um, they, they've stayed away. It's obviously a little bit earlier in the calendar. Um, so well, it would have been September. Disneyland Paris were, pre-pandemic, supposed to have uh, two, two for the first time, um, yeah. which would have been spring and uh, September. Um, yeah. But we will talk about that more on the next Discover DLP. little plug yeah. for our other show. Yeah. So they're the, they're the four race weekends at the moment. So... I'll go into it a little bit, the the process. So the regular years, you would probably find that the bib sales would start about six months before the race itself. Um, maybe a little bit more, depending mainly for the, the marathon weekend being very popular. Um, you have a lot of challenges uh, as part of that. So a challenge would be if you ran a, more than one race. So in the case of 
Um, the wine and dine, you have got the um, two-course challenge, um, which is the 10K and the half marathon. With the marathon weekend, you have the four separate races. And then if you ran the half marathon and full marathon, that is called the Goofy Challenge. Uh, or if you do all four, uh, appropriately named the Dopey Challenge. Um, so that, that, would be, that would mean you would get six medals if you ran all four of them, because you would get both challenge medals as well. Um, and and you, likewise... You have to obligatory walk around Disney Springs for hours the following week, wearing those medals yeah. at all times. Yeah, the People most embarrassing thing you ever. Walking. Um, I won't be doing that the next time I do a race. Uh, I certainly only did it once in Paris and once in Walt Disney World. Paris, I kept them in my bag until I had my photo taken with Mickey and then they were put away once more uh, and not seen again until I got home. Um, rather embarrassing. I won't be doing that again. Um, so, as I said, the other two race weekends, the uh, Princess one, again, it will have a, a challenge. We don't know about the, the fourth race weekend because they've not confirmed anything. Um, but as I said, they, they tend to go on sale six to nine months in advance, uh, depending on how popular they are. At the moment, it's been a little bit less. It was only about three months um, between Wine and Dine uh, going on sale and actually happening. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a long process. I think a lot of people find it quite stressful. Um, previously, if you've been an annual pass holder or a DVC member, you have had priority. And they have gone on sale um, a few days beforehand before they go on general general sale. Um, that has now gone away for now. There is no priority. But Disney have introduced, and what a surprise here, a paid-for membership to Cub Run Disney, <laughs> um, which does give you priority in booking. Um, I don't know anybody. <laughs> I don't know anybody that's taken out. For anybody that doesn't know... Um, friend of mine is a massive run disney uh, youtuber gerald resnick res runs um he uh, declined to take the club disney membership up he is an annual pass holder he lives in in orlando so isn't a dvc member but he has an annual pass and he'd renewed it specifically for that purpose uh, and they scrapped it so he didn't he had to to join in with everybody else um so that has gone for now. I don't know whether it will be reintroduced what, once the club, things are... The club's gone, is it? No, the club's still there. No, the um, uh, priority the, for the annual priority. pass holders. Oh, the priority. Because I was going to say, like you're saying, I've never seen anyone that's a member of that club, ever. No. And how much and is the club? Is it like... Oh, it's, it's three tiers, and it's really expensive. Yeah. yeah. And you uh, can only join if you're American as well. Yeah. Uh, and likewise, at this point, as you mentioned, I've only been able to do it if you're American, the virtual runs that Disney introduced um, during the pandemic are also only available to US citizens. Um, when they first started, they were available to uh, foreign uh, participants, not anymore. Um, I believe it was due to the postage issues, things were turning up broken and, and stuff like that. No, so no, they it's, scrapped it's, it. It's, it's Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally that. No, it's it's been like that for a while before we even left. Um, you just Europe. Need a, you just need a PO box, Paul. That's all. Yeah, I know. It's, <sighs> to be fair, they're they're not great anyway. They're basically the last eighteen months. They've been the race medals from the actual proper races because mm. um, they had to get rid of them. 
they, they were all made. So it was literally a case of we've got to do something with all these medals. So, so I was we'll right. Do... The spring surprise is whatever we've got left in the box. A straw hat. Yeah. Terrace, really. <laughs> but then, then again, I think it's better than what happened with Paris when they didn't have enough for the participants that were actually there. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. So... That was that was, so, that was a classic. That was a classic. Now, bearing in mind that just like in America, you don't turn up to Paris and say, I'm going to join in today. You have to buy your bib. Um, you know, you have your spot. You have the races that you're registered to, and yeah, people get into the finish and like, ah, yeah, those medals. You, we didn't get enough of them by mm, a few thousand. Yeah, and it, they blamed a lot of people. They blamed it was when there was there was issues like they were like they're stuck in Mexico because they've had an earthquake and we can't get them out. Um, it they were made in like China. Then, yeah, <laughs> but it was Mexico's um, fault. Yeah, uh, they were in a warehouse in Mexico somewhere. Um, that's um, where we store all our medals. Yeah, Trump, Trump's, um, Trump started to build a wall, so we can't get yeah. him. We can't get him over the wall. So you know. So yeah, that was an interesting weekend um, when they didn't have enough medals. Um, but yeah, continuing, it can, as I said, be stressful for people that these people that that do it a lot. It, it still gets stressful for them. I think it's even less stressful for the people that don't do it on a regular basis. They're just like, oh, I'll just, I'll just log on when. And I feel like it. And at the moment, things are readily available. Um, you can still sign up for the two course challenge for wine and dine and for the half marathon. Um, the five and 10K are sold out, but um, the mm. other two uh, are still available. Um, the same with uh, the marathon weekend, the 5K and 10K are sold out and the half marathon. You can still register for the full marathon. You can, Goofy is sold out now, um, but you can still sign up for Dopey Challenge as well. Um, and the the virtual races are still available for that weekend. Um, they're they're still available on the website, um, so that's still going ahead. Um, but yeah, it's I've only done it once with Walt Disney World. I've only done the wine and dine. Um, it's a little bit difficult to talk about the wine and dine as an experience these days because I ran it when it was still a nighttime race, which it no longer is. Um, it's now a regular time of getting up at four o'clock in the morning uh, and getting to the start line for about five o'clock. So it's... It's not not great. No. um, Disneyland Paris is uh, a lot later than that. We, I think we left about six o'clock. No, we didn't. It wasn't a lot later than that. We left at five. I'm sure it was later than that. We had to get... No, we had to... We had to get to the start of the race to get into the pens at half five and they started letting people go at half six. Mm. So I think we left about half set. I'm talking about Saturday because obviously I didn't do the, yeah. the half marathon, but because we were there for about an hour and a half in like, yeah. you know, five degree heat or whatever it was. Yeah. Like bloody freezing anyway, whatever it was. Um, but it wasn't able to start. So, so yeah. Mr. Ripley, what have you done? What I, races have you done? I did, uh, they don't do it anymore, a Twilight Zone Tower of Terror run. Ooh. And it was a, uh, let me get this right, it was a 5K and a 13 and a half mile race. And if you did them back to back, it was classed as a half marathon. Um, and then that was at night as well. 
And then I did the 5K Castaway Key run with my wife when we did a cruise. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So you've. Pete Dobbs, so in terms of the scene up then, that's yes. that's the stressful part is trying to, <laughs> trying to get on there before they sell out. Have you any idea how yep. quickly, say, so like the 5K and the 10K would, uh, would sell out? Because they seem to, as I to go first. Said, yeah, they seem to go really quickly, mainly because certainly with the 5K is that you can kind of do it in families. Um, mm. That's why they, those smaller ones tend to sell out quicker, is because they people can book in groups. Um, and do it as a family, whereas the, the half marathon, you do have to be over a certain age. Um, so that's why they sell out quite quickly. It's a bit difficult at the moment because, as I said, people aren't visiting um, yeah. parks as much, so they're not selling out as quick. I would say those are going to sell out pretty quickly and that you would need to be on there as they go on sale. Um, mm. you, will, you will get put in a queue. Um, that's another big thing yeah. when, when you're doing it. It is one of those websites where it will put you in a queue. If if there's too many people on the website, there will be too many people on the website for it to, to cope. So it will put you in a queue. Yeah. Um, so with those smaller races, I would definitely recommend being there on the dot as they go on sale. I mean, um, can you... When me and P-Dubs did it, we, we, we did the LP one, you didn't have a, much of an issue. You had an issue getting no. into the website, but yeah. for your race, you were fine because you were doing the challenge. Yeah. You were doing all of them. But the yeah. year that I did it, it was a Marvel 5K. Um, yeah. I can't remember what a 10K was called now. Was it Villains? It was, yes, it was the Villains was, one. Yeah, because it was it was Heroes and Villains, essentially, it was yeah. like the theme of the weekend. Um, yeah. So the thing is, you obviously, they're busy anyway, but you've then got a 5k where you get to meet Marvel characters and then you've got a, a 10k where you get to meet villains and you knew there yeah. were going to be rare characters. So people go nuts. And unless you were buying um, the marathon or the challenge, it was impossible. It took me, they, they did two, I think they did three releases in total, but the first release I missed out. I was yeah. on the website when they went on sale. It was, I want to say like three o'clock in the afternoon or something. It was a weird yeah. time. Um, but I went on the website as soon as, you know, I was there waiting at 2.55, uh, you know, refresh, 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 got it, put it in my basket, checked out, sold out, you know, yeah. within about 10 minutes. And that was because that wasn't because I was slow. That was because the website was slow responding all the time. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's not, not something we ever point out that the infrastructure at DLP is pretty much non-existent for most, most of the time. So it's not a surprise. Um, that the website didn't work. No. Didn't DLP experiment with um, selling the races off first to package yes. people, so to travel agents first, and then it was... Yeah. Well, it wasn't just the travel agents. You could, if you wanted to, as a member of the public, book direct through the DLP website as well, yeah. Um, yeah. a package. And I want to say... I want to say they went on sale maybe January. Yeah, they, it was were, early. they were quite early. Yeah, they they got on sale really early because because of the infrastructure at DLP, they need to know exactly what they've got left before they can put them on sale. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you could have, um, you know, I, I I don't think many of the hotels sold out doing that. No. Um, I mean, the hotels obviously were pretty much sold out that entire weekend, but I mean. 
you know, a lot of people, if they're annual pass holders, are just booking the rooms anyway and booking yeah. the races separately. Um, but yeah, so you had that, I think, for, from January to about March, and then that's when they first did the first allocation. I think it was like March, May, uh, and June, possibly. I know yeah. I did mine around May because then I had, <laughs> once I knew I had the races booked in, then it was the mad, right, how do I get a train now? Or how, how am I going to get there? So I didn't want to book anything else until I was I was kind of uh, guaranteed in. But um, yeah, that that is a a, a very uh, stress, stressful part of it. So so what you're saying, P-Dubs, and I, I'll ask you, Mr. Ripley, as well, um, it's the same experience. You know, you've got a date tickets go on sale and you've just got to be on there early yeah. doors and hope for the best. Yeah, very much so. Um, if you're there, smack bang on, I think you're gonna you're gonna get in. Um, it's very rare that you won't. Uh, I don't know many people that turn around and say I didn't get in when they've been sitting there waiting. Uh, if you leave it more than an hour, hour and a half, you're probably gonna struggle to get those those shorter races. Um, so can definitely you, be on the ball. Can you book for other people? So could yeah. one person book for? The yeah. rest of the family, something. Yeah. So if you yeah. wanted to, if you wanted to book three of you, just just for argument's sake, I don't know what your plans are, Mister Steve. But if you wanted to book yeah. three of you, then you could book uh, three bibs um, yeah. for one race or all the races. And also, as well, what you could do is you could book, you know, three bibs for the five k, two bibs yeah. for the ten k, depending on what people uh, right. wanted to do. Um, yeah, that's true. You know, and yeah. I know. I know this is the case in in with Paris. Um, you actually have to prove your fitness. You actually mm-hmm. have to um, get a, a letter from a doctor um, to say that you are um, fit and healthy enough. If you're doing the the half marathon, um, you didn't need to do that for the five or ten k, did you? No, nope. and that is only Europe. That is yeah, European. Gonna, yeah, that's thing. why you I was don't asking. need that yeah. for the for the US. Uh, they they just take it as as given it, oh. it's your it's your own issue if you've got problems you literally have to sign a form to say that that, that you give up the rights that if you get injured or ill it is not on disney's behest you you will have to deal with it and that's as simple as that did you when you did your florida one did you have to do the disney piss test no yeah i did <laughs> so, and how did it taste? What, do you know what? It, it's spicy. Did you tell the difference from Pepsi? <laughs> Other caffeinated beverages are available. Thank you, Mr. Um, <laughs> no, what, what they do is is they make you go to a portaloo, and on there's, as you go in on the left, there's like a urinal mounted, and. <laughs> is true and then in front of the urinal where the advertising usually is for the blokes you know buy new benson hedges cigarettes or something um there was a chart of dark yellow to light yellow and each shade of yellow had an had a sort of disney-esque name like straw bale or whatever and you had to make sure your urine was the correct color before you could get in your corral Jesus. So is Oogie Boogie Green going to be a problem then? Yeah, it definitely was a problem. I mean, it literally did have green and black on there. So, yeah. 
bloody hell I, I, I'm, I'm guessing that's to do with hydration yeah rather than Florida have yeah. you have you taken any drugs no 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 it's literally hydration yeah yeah I mean it's mm. not it's not the, the worst thing you know I suppose they're going to give you like some extra water or something fair enough but uh, yeah, yeah 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 I mean yeah. um yeah I mean you only you can really answer this pedos because you've done both but what were what was the corral situation like um compared you know what was your experience in paris like compared to the world was it was it quite a similar experience uh, or no it really isn't um walt disney world is a completely different beast when it comes to run disney um you mean so, it's organized yes okay very good. much okay, so fine so what happens is let's go through the the pre-race bit um you have what they call the health and fitness expo um which is what they do in paris um this <laughs> paris being in a giant tent um and having very little inside it except for the pickup um whereas walt disney world you have three different venues one to pick up you your bibs um and your t-shirts you have one that is just selling run disney merchandise and you have one that is like a proper health and fitness expo which is other vendors coming and selling their goods um you have to do you have to pick up your bib the day before your first race so say you're doing the 5k then you would need to pick it up the day before that um if you're only doing the half marathon you could still pick that up on that first day or you could pick it up on the Saturday before the race it's it's up to you but it has to be done by at least the day before um, so if you're doing the challenge you would pick that up on the first day and you would get all your bibs for the whole weekend or your t-shirts for the whole weekend so you get a free mm. t-shirt with each race plus um, you used to if you used to order specific merchandise yeah they used to would, do it to you as well yeah, that would be picked up now from the, the second venue where they sell the, the Run Disney merchandise. Um, it used to only be two. The, the time I did it, it was only two. They have expanded in recent years to to the three venues. But those um, expos were really good, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. And they, they still are. They're, they're, they're really great. And and I hope I, I get back to one soonish um, in the not-too-distant future. Um, but yeah, they're, they're great. Um, you will find that if you're staying on property, there are buses that take you to the expo. They will run throughout the days um, that the expo is open. Um, likewise, when you travel to the races, you will be able to pick up a bus from your, your hotel as long as you are on Disney property. Um, they run fairly frequently. They can get quite busy the later you leave it. So that's why a lot of people you will find get up very early and get there as soon as they can as soon as the buses start running um because it does guarantee that you're there on time um so as we said they can start from anywhere kind of like half past four five-ish the races at walt disney world so you are looking at three o'clock half past three wake up calls um certainly throughout the marathon weekend if you're doing all four races you will be running on very little sleep for the for the weekend um so yeah once you get there there's entertainment um not like the cheesy entertainment at disneyland paris where they will put characters on who 
do press-ups and all sorts of things. You have actually got proper um, fitness guys will be going hey, through come, Hang warm-ups. on a second. That's, that's not fair because as well as the on-stage entertainment, we also got to see the trailer for Mary Poppins Returns at least 100 times. <laughs> oh, God. Don't remind me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they have in the US, they normally have two or three race announcers. Um, the the organisation have kind of got their own running expert uh, in Jeff Galloway, um, a former US Olympian. Is he still going? Uh, yep. Um, Blimey. Nearly, nearly wasn't about six months ago because he had a heart attack. Um, but he's back running again um, and, and is still working with Disney. Um, so if anybody is planning on doing these races, the Run Disney website does have training um, plans that you can follow. Um, he uses a technique called run, walk, run, um, which basically means you run for a certain amount of time, then you have a walk break and you carry on doing that throughout the race. And it's, it's got me through everything from a 5K to a full marathon using that technique. So it does work. Um, so I would certainly recommend checking those out if, if you are planning on doing any of the races. Um, but yeah, once you get there, as I say, there is entertainment, this character meets. Obviously, if you get there later, there are going to be massive queues. Um, if you get there early, you are probably going to have a better chance of getting those, those character photos. Uh, they also have something called a racer's retreat. Um, which means it's basically a tent um, that you can stay in and keep warm. There's food, drink, character mates. Um, you do have to pay extra. Obviously, this is Disney, so you do have to pay extra. Um, this is at the end, is it? No, this is at the beginning and the end. Beginning, right. Um, okay. So you have a, a bag check. So for anybody that doesn't know what bag check is, if you want to have stuff that you're wearing before you, you run or stuff that you want at the end of the race, put it in a bag. And they check it in for you and you can pick it up at the end. The race retreat actually has a separate one that they keep in that tent. Um, so you know exactly where it is and, and things like that. So it, it is, I've not used it personally because it didn't exist when I did my, my last uh, Walt Disney World race. Um, but I've seen others use it and it, it does seem like a good idea. If you... it, it, it did exist for mine because our race started at uh, Wide World of Sports. Yeah. Um, and you handed it there and they gave you a token. And yeah. then our, our race finished, surprise enough, outside Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Um, and the bags were all stored in the Indiana Jones show. Yeah, yeah the, the, the bag check thing did exist. It's the, the race retreat that's that kind of the oh, right. thing okay. wasn't there when, when yeah. I did it. It's, it's only been, I think, for the last five years that they've been using that. Yeah. Um, but I, I might look into it, especially if I'm doing one of the, the bigger challenges. Um, it might be worth it um, just to, to keep everything safe and, and make sure that you are looked after before those, those longer runs. Um, so as I said, it's quite a big thing, the, the, the check-in when you, when you get there, the, the crowds and stuff. Um, Walt Disney World have shrunk their crowds, whereas France, I know they've only got four crowds that they use. Um, me and Nick, did they only do A through to D? Um, Walt Disney World used to go up to Crow P. Um, they have <laughs> shrunk it down quite massively, and now they do kind of mini waves in each corral. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Speaking of mini wave. Um, they 
oh, very well signpost. It's not like you have to get in the crowd straight away. Unlike Disneyland Paris, you kind of get to the venue and you kind of feel like you have to go straight into the crowd. With Walt Disney World, you don't. Um, there's very much a lot more room um, to wait around before they kind of start calling in the crowds. Um, and then they will go off. And, and that's, that's kind of it. It's, there's not much to it once you actually get to the race. Then throughout the races, I'm sure people will have seen, uh, and if they haven't, there's characters along the way, um, depending on how quick you are, whether you feel comfortable stopping. I don't always stop. I've had a couple of races where I have, a couple where I haven't. Um, but yeah, the most races will run through at least two of the theme parks, if not three. When you get to the, the, the Walt Disney World Marathon, you go through all four parks. Um, <laughs> Our, our route was quite funny because um, I just remembered it didn't start at Wild World of Sports. Um, that's where the um, convention was. It started in the car park of Hollywood Studios, <laughs> funny enough. And it went down to Animal Kingdom. So yeah. I thought, oh, we're going to run through Animal Kingdom at night. This would be interesting. It didn't. It literally got to Animal Kingdom, turned around at the gates, came back up that road went into Wide World of Sports, did a sort of loop-de-loop -loop around that, um, and then went up and around and down and then through the back of MGM where the old backlot tour used to be. Yeah. Um, so we, we, I thought we would get to go through quite a bit, but as you say, with the proper um, half marathon and marathons, they do take you through at least two or three. Of the so parts. when I did Wine and Dine, I did three. Yeah. Um, the first park we did was Animal Kingdom while it was going through its rebuilding phase. Yeah. And I ran mine through a monsoon storm um, and couldn't see a thing. Literally, it was so dark and narrow with all the, you know, they put up all the board ends. Mm. Um, couldn't see a thing. Literally couldn't see a thing. Um, it was <laughs> for the first half of that half marathon, it was just an absolute nightmare. It was horrible. Um, I don't think I've ever been so wet in my life. Um, and eventually we got to Hollywood Studios and it stopped. Um, I was lucky enough, it was Osborne Christmas lights. Um, and the rain added to that was it. It just, and it's why it will always hold a place in my heart um, and why I still miss Osborne Christmas Lights was it was just such a, a magical experience for me. We was running through them with the, the rain on the, on the streets and the lights reflecting off of it. It was just fantastic and not something you'll probably ever get again. But, um, yeah, just, just great, a great experience and... It's been on my list to do another one. It just hasn't worked out so far that I've been able to do another one at Walt Disney World. Paris has, has kept me going, um, but it's getting to the stage now where I want to do another one at Walt Disney World. Well, the, explain about the... Because um, people on forums always ask loads of questions about this. The um, What they call it? The balloon car or something? Uh, the balloon ladies. So yeah. the balloon ladies, you are giving a certain amount of time to finish the races in. Um, for anybody that's in the first few corrals, even if you stop for character pictures, you don't need to be worried. You will get to the end without any problems. For the slower people, 
don't it becomes stop. a problem. <laughs> Basically, don't stop. Um, I did one in Paris where I wasn't, I hadn't really trained. I'd come off the back of doing a full marathon um, and had been injured from it. Um, and I, I got a message from a friend who'd just seen me and she went, the balloon ladies are about five minutes behind you. <laughs> Don't stop anymore. Yeah. I was like, right, I won't stop anymore. And this, I never saw him. This happened to me because I'd, I'd done that and getting complacent. And then I could see the damn thing coming up behind me. And I got to the, I don't know, the second to last mile. And uh, I really needed to pee. But I thought, oh, Portaloos, uh, don't worry, I'll, I'll just hold it. Um, so I just kept going and going and going. And of course, when you go over the finishing line, um, busting for a wee, that's not the end of it. You've no. then got to get your medal. You've got, to, you've got to have a photo taken. You've got to go and collect some food. You've got to go and get your bag thing. I mean, literally, you've got to walk another mile. Um, yeah. And then you've got to try and find a toilet. There's not, you know, thousands of runners also queuing up to you. <laughs> yeah. And then on top of all of that, I walked back to the hotel staying in. So I was like really proper yeah. knackered. But yeah, it's, it's yeah. Should, quite Just Paula, Paula Radcliffe it. Yes. I did go through my mind. <laughs> so so yeah it's it, it's a great experience even for people that that aren't runners generally uh i wasn't when i first started doing it um it was it was kind of i i was unfit i know i was um and my son was due to be born and i kind of went well what can i do we'd already planned before we fell pregnant that we were going to walt disney world um, and we just left it. We were like, we're, we're just still going to go when we plan to go. Um, and then I kind of was like, well, I need to get fit. What can I do? And then I saw this while we were doing the planning for our trip. And I was like, oh, I'll just train for a half marathon then, not thinking anything of it um, <laughs> until I realized how much hard work I had to put in. Um, between so you then realize and... how long a, a half marathon is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the fact that then you you start reading into it and they say, oh, if you can get a proof of time, you'll get higher up and it means you've got more time to finish the race. So I went through all of that. I started doing 5K races, 10K races. Um, and it was just like, yeah. And then it's just stuck ever since. It's, it's nine years on now. And it might not be regular, but I'm, I'm still running. I, I've started running again recently um, just to get back in shape from being in lockdown um mm. and it, it starts building that thing up again that i i want to do more and of course paris hasn't happened for the last two years um and it's kind of like now i need to get my fix again but the, um, the thing is mr d just just because obviously you know this kind of started because of a comment that you made about this mm. now just to clarify you know i'm i was even less active then Pete, I suppose, you know, when I first did my uh, run Disney, um, I, I hadn't done five, 10 Ks. I hadn't done half marathons, anything like that at all. I knew I wanted to do this. And so um, once I knew I, I was, you know, planning to do it before I'd even got my bib, I just started doing some like training. Uh, I used the Couch to 5K app. Um, there's like, loads of things you can use though instead um, just to kind of get a bit of fitness. But you, you know you don't you with the five and ten especially you don't need to do a lot you know people were just walking it yeah. uh if they really wanted to i didn't really see the point of that i'm yeah. I, I can't say i ran the whole way there were times i stopped for photos 
Um, there were times when I just had a bit of a break, just did a little bit of walking for, you know, maybe mm-hmm. uh, four or five minutes and then, you know, carried on running again. Um, but you don't need to worry about uh, balloon ladies really for those yeah. smaller races. True. It's more the it's more the longer distance yeah. ones. I think so, they give you 15 minutes a mile, I think, off the top of my head. But it was it's still a bit vague. 16, I okay. believe. It wasn't, it wasn't really strict, though. I mean, it's Disney. Do you know what I mean? No, and at a certain point, they will disappear. Yeah. Um, they get to a certain point because what happens if they do catch you, you will be put on a coach back to the start line. Um, I mean, let's be honest anyway. 16-minute miles, most people walk. Yeah, yeah. just walking. Just piss. Do you know what I mean? So, to me, the only people that are really going to struggle with that are people that have probably injured themselves along the route yeah. I mean I saw some very large people um, and unfit people doing the race and they still completed it yeah yeah it's it's very few there won't be many people that get caught um, it's, it's said, really if you hurt yourself whilst there yeah. I think uh, yeah. and as I said they because of the fact that they put you on a coach there will come a certain point where they can't follow you because you're in the parks and mm. they they will disappear they won't they there's nothing they can do because they you really want they, behind them what they want is you to get off the roads so that's what it is yeah yeah because they want to open them up mm. yeah yeah so, once you're in the park and, you're in the park and people wear costumes yeah 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 these things all the time um, they do have certain they do have certain rules can't yeah. have anything bulky can't have anything that can be construed as a weapon um, you can't wear masks as per the usual Halloween rules and things like that. Um, yeah. They don't like you to wear anything that kind of covers your face, so they don't allow Jedi robes or mm. anything like that. Um, but they certainly do encourage you to do fancy dress um, yeah, and I running mean, costumes. For for the Marvel race, I had a Thanos top, didn't I? Yeah. Like, um, it was like a costume top. Yeah, yeah and I um, had the Hulk one. Yeah. And for mm. the for the ten k, um, I didn't dress up for villains, but I had a, a Tron top. It just looked like the you know how the the suit looks on a t shirt. Yeah. Um, so I wore that. Um, so yeah, you know, but but people were going more, you know, way more out than that. They had actual you know proper cosplay. Um, yeah. But as Pete up said, you know, with with those restrictions in 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 play, but some people were, were very creative with it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, lots of men. I saw lots of men in skirts, not kilts, but skirts, uh, dressing up as princesses and stuff like that. You know, it was it was a good mm-hmm. good laugh. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and I think people generally, if they know what the theme is, so that we knew it was going to be Marvel, we knew it was going to be villains. So you had people that were you know dressing up in more kind of Marvel inspired attire because they wanted pictures taken yeah. with characters in like dressed like that. So, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Like to, um, to talking consider. of dressing up, particularly for dressing up for sponsorship. Mm. If there's a race you want to do and it's sold out, if you want to run Disney website, I don't know if they still do this, they used to quite frequently. Um, you can find a list of charities that have allocated spaces. Yeah, do they still do this, Paul. They do, yeah, they do. Um, at the moment, there's been kind of an uproar because they haven't allowed as many. Right, um, okay. Because it's a smaller field at the moment for obvious yeah. reasons. 
Um, mm. There was quite a bit of an uproar that some of the, the charities that do normally get bibs haven't been getting them. Um, yeah. Some of the smaller ones uh, in particular. So um, they basically, you sign a, a contract with the charity that says you will guarantee that charity a certain amount of fundraising money yeah. and then they will pay for you to be uh, in the race. Yeah. yeah. A bit like London Marathon rules, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it's... I don't obviously know know what it's like now, but I know um, my uh, my mate Waitu did one for the London Marathon a good few years ago, and I think he had to. And it wasn't a it wasn't a big charity; it was one that he wanted to uh, run for. And I think they were after about a thousand pounds in sponsorship. Yeah, this I the one I did for the Tarotera, I had to get a certain amount of. Um, fundraising money i think it was a thousand dollars um mm. for the american charity and then i also raised money for um cancer research in the uk good stuff so mm. i did it um i did it to get in and then i did it also to raise money my end as well yeah yeah so mr d does that does that answer you know most of your yeah questions yeah it's, it's really good i mean i'm you know hoping to get out there next October, November and uh, the uh, the wine and dine just sits between the Halloween stuff and the Christmas stuff uh, so we're hoping to to catch that and ideally the 10k I think is what we would what we would like to do um, yeah see my experience I found the 5k too short yeah. in terms of not I'm not saying like it's not a challenge or anything like that because you know people have all different abilities but for yeah. me, the 5K was over far too quick. Yeah. You know, I think I did the 5K in about well, under an hour. I want to say yeah. probably about 45 minutes tops. And that was with yeah. some that was with a couple of stops. Didn't stop too many, too many times because some of the cues for the characters were ridiculous by the time we got there. Yeah. Um but yeah, it almost felt like it had stopped before it really got going. Yeah. Um the 10K I found much more entertaining and also because of obviously the routes that you go the longer you run the more likely you're going to yeah. be running in places that are a bit more interesting yeah. or you wouldn't normally see as a member of the public that was the kind of uh yeah. buzz for me uh, and p-dubs will tell you you know i loved mm. running around the backstage of uh the studios uh going around the back of the tower of terror and uh running through the the tram tour sets yeah was yeah. uh, was great, which obviously you would never be able to do normally. So, yeah, mm. that's the that's the good thing about uh, the ten over the five. But you know, they're, they're both fun. You know, yeah. The biggest top tip, though, Mister D, is, and this is what I did, is have the race at the start of your holiday, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because I know a few people have had it at the end of their holiday, yeah, and it has not ended well. Yeah, yeah. This would be kind of in the middle, Chris, because we. Like yeah, so we I want to catch the Halloween stuff and we want to catch the Christmas stuff, so it's it's mm. kind of right bang in the middle. Mine was in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, Craig, has this uh this inspired you to put your running shoes on? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've I kind of I know my wife really wants to do one. And I definitely will well, do I'm sorry one. to hear that, Ryan. Oh, you mean a race? Sorry, okay. a race. Yeah. So if she does do it, I probably will do it with her. But if she decides against it, I probably wouldn't. 
I mean, look, this is this is what I'll say. This is what really was the the boost for me was the actual medals I got that year. You know, I got a really cool uh, Infinity Stone uh, style medal uh, for that five k for the Marvel five k. It's a really nice medal. The medals are generally pretty good, but if they're a, you know if they're based on something that you've got any kind of interest in. Um, they're not doing Star Wars ones now, but obviously on Star Wars ones before. But yeah, if it's like Marvel or maybe it's a Disney character you're particularly fond of, there was a Stitch one a while ago that I was gutted I was not going to be able to do the race for. Then mm. um, yeah, it's another little. It's a it's a it's a, it's a memento, isn't it? You know, yeah. um, we got some. Me and Pete, I've got some good photos during our our race weekend that were yeah. were quite fun to see afterwards um so you know you get those and you know you get a nice medal which uh you know you can you can show off or just have on display and it's something quite cool so. you, you run along and people are shouting your name out and cheering for you like random people just shouting cheering and then you go across the line and they say your name and it's pretty special isn't it yeah it's a bit like et in that regard yeah thank yeah, you Christopher. Uh, (laughs) all right look um we're running a bit long but i do want to talk just briefly about what's going on outside the parks this podcast is sponsored by the castle club boutique the castle club boutique is a small etsy store creating disney inspired classic fashion tees plus personalized family trip tees inspired by the disney parts and your favorite classic disney films they also stock accessories children's wear and most recently home decor do you have a family trip or special occasion coming up let them help you design a perfect custom tee to mark your event by emailing sales at castleclubboutique.com. They ship free to the UK and also worldwide for a small fee. You can find their store on Etsy or follow on Instagram at the Castle Club Boutique. And if you quote Disney Parks, you'll receive 10% off your order at the checkout. So show the Castle Club Boutique some love and we thank them for supporting this podcast. So... I've got four quick things that I want to talk about. And if anyone else has got any others, then we'll throw them in as well. But uh, firstly, after triumphantly talking about it just a few episodes ago, before we saw there was a lawsuit coming, uh, the Tower of Terror movie is off. Hmm. Because uh, of ongoing disputes with um, Scarlett Johansson. Again, an evening of... uh... We didn't see that one coming, did we? <laughs> well, we didn't when we talked about the Tower Terror movie because at that point she hadn't filed a lawsuit. Um, but that is is definitely not something that looks like it's going away anytime soon. Um, I would be, I mean, I, well, it ties into the next thing we'll talk about actually, but uh, which is Marvel's What If. But um, you know, we didn't know if we might see Scarlett Johansson back in in some capacity at some time as. Uh, as the Black Widow character, but I'm pretty sure that that relationship is not going to be fixed anytime soon. Certainly not while uh, Chapek is is in the hot seat. So, uh, yeah, Tara's Terror movie is now back off the table, and Scarlett Johansson is nowhere near the Walt Disney Company. Um, but on that, uh, somebody who was also rumoured to not be particularly keen on the, uh, the financial situation regarding their Disney release movies, uh, Emma Stone has just um, signed up uh, officially to do Cruella 2, Electric Boogaloo. Oh, so she's not suing them? Cruella 2, well, 101 Dimensions. Well, uh, yeah, 
it's not going to be 101 Dalmatians, I don't think. I don't think they're quite there yet in the in the story from where Cruella finishes. No, but uh, 90, no. 99 Dalmatians. 99 Dalmatians, yeah. Uh, it's 99 Luftballoons, different. Um, but yeah, and I know, I know some people still haven't seen Cruella. That is actually um, on Disney Plus from next week. No, um, okay. That is off premier access and on Disney Plus next week. And uh, yeah, I think those of us that have seen it have already talked about it, but it is um, certainly one of the biggest Disney highlights this year for me. Yeah, me my too. Favorite, I loved it. My favorite live action Disney film this year so far um, by a considerable distance. Um, so yeah, check that out if you haven't. Um, also, uh, as I mentioned before, Marvel's What If launched last week another weekly episodic uh, drop on a Wednesday for that show. Um, episode one came out last week. Episode two is due out this week. Um, anybody seen the first episode of What If that isn't called P-Dubs? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So just nah. Mr. D and Craig, I think, haven't seen. No, not yet. No, I've yet. seen it, yeah. You've seen it as well? Okay. Yeah, it's um, Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought I would do anyway, but I, I did, and I particularly like the animation. I think um, I think that style of animation suits it quite well. Um, now, what they have said though is that this is canon, so or it, or, it, or it can be canon. So, what we see in this show could possibly branch out into Marvel series, Marvel films, you know, in live action. So. I mean, they were already talking about Carter coming back, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And not just in the What If season two, but mm. a live action or Disney Plus film. Yeah. Um, and it was good to see so many people back from that film as well. Um, mm. Not so much Sebastian Stan, but, uh, you know, even Toby Jones made an appearance. Interesting. But uh, yeah. Shadler. <laughs> Yeah, that was one of his two lines, wasn't it? Um, it yeah, I, I thought the animation was good. I thought the um, the way they told the story was good. I like the fact that they, you know, they had a tight thirty to to tell that story in, and they they managed it. You know, it, if if anything, I'd, I'd say my only complaint was at times I felt it was progressing a bit too quickly. If anything, um, they were whizzing through the story they were telling, but I thought it was good i thought the animation was was really good and uh i'm looking forward to further stories in the what if world so yeah if you like marvel check that out um and the last thing which is also marvel related is um to do with uh, shang shang chi which is coming out in about two weeks isn't it mm. Ish. time to, time to talk about bob chapek again there you go um so uh this will be the first Disney film um, from any part of the Disney family uh, to come out after COVID that is not going to have a dual release. So this is only going out into cinemas. There's no uh, premiere access. And in what I believe was an unfortunate choice of words, um, he referred to this as a experiment. What, was it an interesting experiment, P-Dubs? Yeah, I believe so. He, um, yeah. he said, and then he followed that up with, I don't know whether I've made the right choice. Yeah. Now, I 
I know what he was getting at. He was yeah. obviously referring to the fact that, you know, they were taking that risk in it not being released at home as well. The cast of the film saw that more of a kind of slur on um, who is actually in that film, i.e. probably Disney's most diverse cast in any film. Unless Martin Freeman's not popping up in this, is he? No, I don't believe so. No. Okay, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go with... Credits, you never know. <laughs> like, um, yeah, so uh, yeah, the, the cast were not very happy with being... Uh, described in that way. As I said, I don't think that's what the angle was that he was going for, but it's certainly how it's been interpreted. Would, I mean, Disney hasn't got much power over this, I don't know, but could experiment, inverted commas, be referring to possibly as well that the Spider-Man trailer may be attached to this? Well, I I keep seeing quotes, which I don't think are actually genuine, from... Uh, Mr. Feige saying there is gonna, going to be no trailer for Spider-Man. Yes, so I don't know if that's true, but at the end of the day, is if there is a Spider-Man trailer, mm. if the film's not a draw, and then maybe people just go and watch a trailer and go home, maybe. I don't know. That has happened before with Star Wars and things. I was going to say, during the Phantom yeah. Menace effect with uh, <laughs> yeah. crap like Wing Commander, yeah. But this is it. Could yeah. that be a draw on top of it? Um, I mean, you, you yeah, possibly. Um you know, I'm, Universal made a big deal about um, Jurassic World Dominion having a trailer in front of Fast and Furious uh, for IMAX screenings because I never saw the trailer for it. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think I think they still do see that as um, as something. Uh, what was you going to say, Ron? I'm I'm just saying I'm willing to bet that this movie is not going to make Disney a lot of money. I I'm looking forward to this one a lot more more I, so I than. Black Widow, and I, I, I well, did enjoy but... Black Widow, but this looks more, um, more into, not more entertaining. Looks looks more interesting. Yeah, no, um, I agree. I'm I'm really excited for it, but I'm not going to go to the cinema and watch it. So it'll wait till it's on Disney Plus for me. Yeah, see, so I'll, I'll go and sit at the cinema. I, I assume, Mister, you'll probably go and sit at the cinema. Yeah, I think so. If, uh, yeah, for the same reason that I will be. Yeah, <laughs> you've got access to one. Yeah. Um. But I mean, yeah, I would have seen it. However, saying that, would I have gone to the cinema if it was going to be on Premier Access? I don't know. I might have paid the money and, and watched it at home because my this? wife won't go and see it at the cinema. But she, I mean, she'll watch it, but she will wait for it to come on Disney Plus. So for me, and there's a few of my friends that kind of like this as well, big Marvel fans, but we're just not ready or wanting to go back to the cinema just yet. So I think there will be a lot of people like that that they'll lose money from um, by just tweeting. I, I think it's too soon, and I th- I do wonder whether he's done it specifically because of this lawsuit to prove a point. Mm. Yeah, I, I, that, there, there's definitely an element of, of truth in that. I think. Um, I mean, look, th- just a few days ago, we we got word that um, Venom Two, also called Electric Boogaloo, is. Um, been delayed by a month month and a week or something stupid i mean no amount Maybe of delays is going to change how bad that no was. no 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 i i uh, yes and i will be there to see that but not for the reasons i want to go and see uh shang chi but um yeah I, it, but they've pushed that back because they're worried about the the impacts of covid because basically what we've seen over the last 
two, three weekends is that the box office has started to decline again. And, you know, the Jungle Cruise has not been the hit that Disney were expecting it to be. It's not done badly. However, um, the whole box office has been down. And that's because of obviously what's going on with COVID over there again. You know, they are going through in a lot of places and another wave. You know, Delta's taking uh, a bit of a hold. So, um, yeah, that, the that's thing what that it's going to into it. Disney Plus. Yeah, if only they had somewhere they could actually uh, whack it on for a charge, eh? <laughs> the, the question that, that I have is that cinema, sorry, film industry finances are closely guarded secrets, but we know that obviously the cinemas have to basically rent the films from the studios and then there has to be a distribution process that they take a cut as well and then the marketing takes a huge slice. Um, but with the fact that Disney can put all these things on their own platform... And the money that they collect from that is 100% theirs, less the credit card fee. Then are they surely not making more money now than the old way in which the film industry used to work? Well, yeah, because even even before that, so even before Disney Plus, and they still do release their films on on platforms like iTunes and uh, Google Play and YouTube, right? Mm. On those platforms, I believe they get 70% mm. of that purchase price. That's so right, it's yeah. much higher than they get from the box office anyway. Um, you know, and it, it's some, isn't it something like where opening weekend, they only get 20% of the receipts or something. Yeah. And then it goes right. up each weekend. So it, each, each additional weekend, it normally goes up by five or 10% or something stupid like that. Well, this is what I mean. It's like a damp mm. squib on Disney plus making more money than a billion dollar weekend. Uh, well, yeah, you, yeah, you you have to you have to assume it does, and I and I think the only reason, the only logical reason I think that they care, is that people still care. Like a, a big box office is bragging rights, isn't it? Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, if you've got a film, so like Endgame, right? How much did Endgame cost to make? Was it something stupid like four hundred million or something? Maybe, maybe even been more. I don't know. Yeah. Now that film is the biggest box office draw of all time, right? It's over two two point one billion dollars, mm. right? Roughly, um, and and a film traditionally has to make three times its its budget in order to turn a profit. That's yeah. what they say. So the thing is, if they'd have made two point billion, uh, two point one billion in rental sales. Or selling it via streaming, the company would have got more money than the two. Because they haven't, they haven't made two point one million. The film made two point one billion, but what Disney get of that is a percentage. Mm. So yeah, it's, also, to me, it's bragging rights. And also, I, I believe I'm right in saying that there are some countries around the world where they also get stiff. They don't even get the money. Well, you yeah, know, they'll is. just tax it or a cinema chain will go bust or, you know, just very creative accounting in different global pockets. And maybe that's why it's so key to get as much money at the box office as possible because, again, what they actually report they the film's made is is not what they necessarily see. So yeah. the more of that they see, the, you know, the more of it they are going to actually get, but they're not going to get it all. Yeah, it, it, it seems really strange. And that, and that's why I, I was a bit confused with the Emma uh, with the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit in that if she was going to earn 
a cut? Was it just that she was not going to get any cuts at all from digital releases? Because, you know, the, the quick maths in me would suggest that if they've done, I think I think it was something like they'd done 60 million in sales uh, of the Black of Black Widow's opening weekend. Well, it might have been the yeah. box office was 60 and Disney Plus had done 45, you know, whatever. It was, you know, it was quite close considering. And I thought, well, you know, 70% of that number is much higher than 20% of that number, which is what essentially should be pay, paid out on. And actually yeah. that was only going on Disney Plus. So actually that is, you know, 99% of that money yeah. is what they've, they've earned money on. So yeah, I, yeah I, I think it's a lot of ego um about box office numbers i don't think it, it, it really matters but the simple fact is box office is down right now releasing a marvel film even though it's a marvel film releasing a marvel film about a character no one's ever seen in any other marvel project you know shang chi hasn't turned up in uh the marvel tv series on disney plus he hasn't appeared in any of the um other marvel live action films so this is a you know it's almost unprecedented. You know, all the other um, Marvel films that have come before when they've been solo films have been characters like Iron Man and Thor and Captain America. And, you know, people knew those characters. They weren't Mickey Mouse or Mario Brothers famous, but, you know, a lot of people still knew what those characters were through pop culture. Shang-Chi is, you know, a, a beloved comic book character but it's not a popular one. Well, the, the, it's for me. It's it just it's just not going to make them. It's not going to make the money in the cinema. It, it, I'm sure it will have a half decent opening weekend. But as you said, Nick, the the numbers at the box office is not great. I mean, Jungle Cruise being the top movie, or was um, last weekend or the weekend before, it doesn't really mean what it did before the pandemic. And I think. Disney is definitely going to take a hit on this. I think they they may well end up changing their minds a couple of weekends in. Yeah. Well, the, well, the, the, in, the interesting thing from Disney's point of view is the way in which they're looking at these properties now. Because the in-house, what they're saying is that actually there's golden opportunity to build here. Because if you think that the premier access model is only a small fraction, a small percentage of the overall billions of people that subscribe... To Disney Plus. So the way they're looking at it is, okay, well, Jungle Cruise, only 5% of all subscribers purchase that. Well, how do we make it seven? And then next year for another film, how do we make it 10 and then 15? And at the same time, their global subscriber base keeps growing because of all the new shows they're putting it's on. Really, so they're really looking simple. at it in a very different angle. It's really, really simple. You charge $10. Well, the problem right now no matter what country you're in, I think in, in the US, I think it's $29 for Premier Access. Over here, it's £20, right? You are charging to rent a film, which admittedly you can watch as many times as you want, um, you know, before it comes on Disney+. Plus. Um, you're, you're paying the same amount that you would have paid to buy it on DVD the day it came out or Blu-ray, right? So, but you're but all you're doing is you're getting a twelve week head start on everyone else. Yeah, but it's still cheaper than going to the cinema, even though it's a different experience. No, what? Is, yes but... and no. Yes and no, because my you know my local cinema, yeah, it's it's about twelve pound a ticket if you buy a ticket. But 
we've also got cinemas near us. It's, it's further away to go to, but I can pay five pounds to go and see a film. In a, you know, that's a that's a view cinema. Yeah, but so, it costs you twenty quid in diesel. So it's <laughs> yeah, you know. but but that but the point is is that but that's where I am, right? If yeah, I lived yeah. where I was living, that was my local cinema. I could have mm. just you know got the bus or, or walked down if I really wanted to. Um, so the thing is, you know, because ticket prices fluctuate so much depending on where you are and when you go, then again, you could pay £12 to see it one day or £5 to see it another day. Like, it, mm. it all what, fluctuates. What I'm getting at, though, Nick, is if, if you put the JPEG bald mask on and try and think like him for a minute, oh, he's thinking to himself, why the hell am I spending so much money on these films? I might as well just make TV movies, chuck them on Disney Plus and try and get the percentage of people buying them every time up. I mean, that, yeah, that's, that's probably what he's thinking. But but what I'm saying is, if, if they half the price, because most most places, to, you know, most forms stuff out, people moan about the price. You get some people that moan complete. Well, I pay for Disney Plus. How dare they charge me for a film? And I I understand that, but that's not how movie making works. But if you instead of charging twenty pounds to rent a film, you charge ten pound, which is one cinema ticket um, for for most people you'd have much more of an uptake. Most people I speak yeah. to, that's that's a sticking point. It's not what Disney are doing. It's that they feel Disney are charging too much. Well, I would pay 15, it, 20 quid for well, a Blu-ray, but not to... I agree with you, but Disney would look at it and say, you're not going to watch it on your own. You're going to watch it with your whole family. Yeah, but it's, it is different, I think, because you're watching it. It's not the experience of going to cinema. You know, no, that's out, right. right? And, and also... I think I think there is that thing of right. I'm 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 going to get this thing for free, not free, but you've paid for your Disney Plus subscription. I've only got to wait a few months, and I'm going to get it for free. Okay, so I'm not actually paying to see the film. What I'm doing is I'm paying to see it a bit sooner. So how much exactly. am I going to pay to see it a bit sooner? Ooh, twenty quid. Nah, I'll just wait. Ten quid. Ah, it was ten quid. It's it's the price of two pints of beer, you know? Fine. Okay. I'll do my 10 quid. But for yeah. me, like, it's just changed my whole experience. And obviously, it, it, tie, it ties in with me having a kid, and it, it's not easy to find a babysitter for, for a one year old during a global pandemic, you know, being totally honest. Um, but I'd much rather pay 20 quid and watch a film in my PJs, having whatever the hell I want to eat um, without people shouting and being general prats in the cinema <laughs> than, than I would go to the cinema at this point, being totally honest. The other the other thing to note as well, um, and this this is where that experience differs, Ryan, is that, and going back to what Mr. Ridley was saying, you do have people that don't have families. Right. I know I know of at least five people who are, you know, who live alone. So therefore their Disney Plus um subscription is only viewed by them. And even if it wasn't just viewed by them, say that you've got, you know, your sister's got uh, an account on there as well, right? She's got a user profile and she can watch as well. Great, okay. But the point is, is that, and I completely agree with, well, 20 quid, there's four of us watching it. That's only a fiver each. It wouldn't be, you know, I'd be paying way more than that in the cinema. That argument holds true if you've got a family you're watching that with. If you live alone, and you're the only person that's got a Disney Plus subscription, then that's 20 quid for you to watch a film that wouldn't cost you that to go and see it at the cinema. So yeah, that's, no, I agree. It, you yeah. know, it, I do get it. It, it's it works. But what if you wanted to go twice? 
how many Disney films are you going to go and watch twice at cinema? What well, if I don't you know, Star Wars people, people in the room? Right, that's true. What's Marvel that, Craig? People? What if you've got 12 people in the room? <laughs> well, then it's a bargain. <laughs> absolute, absolute, absolute still chat. <laughs> what if you go to um, cinema and you're the only person in there? Well, well yeah. The but then, and, and also, the, the, the cinema putting that film on is losing money. You know, why don't and, Disney just buy a cinema chain, right? And tell ah, everyone well, to they're not click on that. <laughs> yeah, they're not they're not allowed to anymore. Disney remember just that, one, then. But no, you call it Disney Plus Plus. They're not <laughs> by but by the, the laws of exhibition, studios aren't allowed to own cinema chains anymore. That is what it is right now. That doesn't mean it's necessarily what's going to happen in the in the future. And that's why the El Capitan is a bit of a a bit of a sticky wicket, but um, anyway, um, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure. But I appreciate that this has gone a little bit long. I so... and I can't believe it, Nick. <laughs> you, you you've missed the big news. What's the big the news? Big news. The big news was announced at the quarterly earnings. Disney Plus Day, November yeah. the twelfth. When you put all the prices off, take everything <laughs> off. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I missed this. I thought I, so I thought I got a, all the nitty gritty. I think everyone's no, too a mad new, about Chappie. There's a new holiday. Chappie. Okay, yeah, it's Chappie Day. Chappie Day. Disney mm. Disney Plus Day is now November the twelfth. Is it when they're adding finally adding Home Improvement to Disney Plus? Uh, I don't know. Oh. They did, well, did they're they adding that, Song of the South. Yeah, they did, <laughs> they did hint that. Yeah, <laughs> one day only. Yeah, Chappie. Would that happen? Yeah. Um, so they are going to launch stuff. We don't know what the stuff is. Well, I be think stuff. no. There is, there has been one announcement. Actually, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was the 12th of November. It's coming out, and I didn't I didn't connect the dots. But Home Sweet Home Alone, yeah, is coming oh. out. There you go. The reboot of the Home Alone franchise. Okay, so oh. that's scheduled for Disney Plus Day. <laughs> That DPD. That no one on the planet asked for. Hey, look, I'm, I'm, I, I like the cast for it, I'll and I don't think we're calling. Oh, wait a minute. No, forget that. All right, show off. <laughs> hey, if if things keep going on the way they are with me right now, I might have the day off as well. Um, yeah, okay. You know that 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 threw me a curveball. Um. Maybe they should they should change life day as well. Make that the twelfth of November. Have, have all the days together. Move move Thanksgiving. Move it back two weeks. Fine. Sponsor Thanksgiving. <laughs> it probably will be as well. Um, cool. Well, we'll wrap this episode up because uh, we could carry on, but I think uh, you know, it's past a lot of people's bedtimes because we record this quite late. So, um, but thank you everyone for joining me uh thank you for p dubs and uh mr ripley for your contributions to run disney but thank but thank you all you've all been bloody good sports with great insight and great content for this very podcast so thank you thank you and we will see you in a few weeks uh patreons uh your episode is coming up soon uh, where we watch signs and the online entity. So tune in for that. Um, otherwise, we will see you next month. Cheerio. You know, happy nightmares. Yeah. <laughs>
podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.